It's time for the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. This is the last and final installment of division previews as we preview the AFC and NFC East, getting you set for the start of the NFL football season. Coming up next, you're listening to the Kirby on Sports Podcast. connected this is dave johnson voice of the washington wizards you have connected to the right place because you are listening to my man josh kirby on sports podcast this is a disclaimer that this podcast was recorded and produced before the news of cam newton being released by the new england patriots was announced all right wrapping up Division previews here on the Kirby on Sports Podcast. We are back another week, the last edition of division previews. Before we begin, we would like to thank our sponsors as always. Regroup Building Services, PM Plus Reserves, Shenandoah Primitives, and Dr. Dave Leadership Corporation. Without our sponsor support, the Kirby on Sports Podcast would not be where it is today. Big thanks to Dave Johnson Productions by Quet as well. Riding with me, as always, is the three-man booth. Gentlemen, we have wrapped things up, and I'm looking forward to diving into the AFC and NFC least with you all. I mean, the AFC East and then the NFC least with you all. My guy, Dan Dembski. Find him on Twitter at Dan underscore Dembski 97. Just waiting for someone and, to follow me. And the Swiss Army Knife, Carlos Martinez. Damn it, I forgot to bring up my prop. <laughs> I had a prop. <laughs> I was going to bring out a knife and be like, ah, got it. it's all <laughs> That's right. a good driver. <laughs> well, gentlemen, how are we? Doing well, man. Ready to, uh, ready to knock the East out here, man. And, and just ready for football in general. I oh, think, man. uh, I think it's been a long time coming and, uh, we're all just sort of antsy and anxious, ready, ready for it to start. It's, it's yeah, so you great. Can smell it. It's in the air. I can't wait for the weather to start changing for the cooler weather and football and yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited. Oh. By the way, Kirby, yeah, I have a, a little fun fact for you. I found this out two days ago. Uh, I actually work down the street from uh, the Washington football team's facility. In I didn't know that. Wow. Wow. I literally drove by their little bubble thing, their little indoor practice facility. I was like, I- what? I, I did that once and I was like, what is that big bubble? I was going to some doctor's appointment in um, Northern Virginia and I drive by and I'm like, what in the name of is that huge bubble? And I see off in the distance, just 
a sign. I could barely make it out. They were then the Washington Redskins, and it said Washington Redskins. I, I, uh, okay, Racist. but the Washington football team now. But I was like, <laughs> oh my goodness, it's their facility. And I was like 10 years old, and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. That's it's that's very, well, you were probably heart. exploding with joy. Oh man, yeah, you were explained. I was just like, wow, that is a very underwhelming training facility. And then you see on hard knocks, you get a full tour of what the Cowboys have, and it's a goddamn stadium in itself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The hey, I got I've everything's got to admit, bigger in Texas. <laughs> I, I've got to admit, the Cowboys facility looks pretty nice. I, I the world. stadium is nicer. Our uniforms are nice. Yeah, that practice facility is very nice. They have like an indoor and an outdoor field, right? Yeah, you you get a full tour of it on the newest episode of uh, Hard Knocks. Well, man, it's Hard Knocks. incredible. I can't wait. All right, gentlemen, let's dive in. We'll get into the NFC East in a little bit, starting off with the AFC East. How this division ended up last year, the Buffalo Bills, a remarkable season. 13 and 3, the Dolphins 10 and 6, the Patriots 7 and 9, and the Jets 2 and 14, starting off with the Buffalo Bills. I'll say this right now the Buffalo Bills are very hungry and thirsty for another shot to get just a little bit farther. I feel like this Bills team is prepared and capable to make their run to the Super Bowl this year. I would not be surprised if Josh Allen has another remarkable season. He only threw 10 interceptions last season and he looked dominant. And this whole Bills team, it's not like the Bills of of the past that have not lived up to the expectations. They made it to the playoffs and they made it pretty darn far. And I'm not going to be surprised if the Bills make the next push and if they make it all the way to the Super Bowl, in my opinion. But the only factor is you got to watch out for Kansas City still in the AFC. Yeah, yeah. They, they don't have a lot of weaknesses uh, that, that, that I can drill down. They have some issues on the offensive line. Um which kind of showed themselves there in the in the later in the playoffs last year. Um, their defense was average last year, but I, I still think they have a pretty solid defense um, led by former Virginia Tech Hokie um, Tremaine Tremaine Edmonds. I think it's Tremaine. Yeah, yeah, Tremaine Tremaine Edmonds. Um, so you know they they don't really have a lot of holes in their in their team, and I, I think they also help their defensive line. Uh, they 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 took two defensive linemen with their first two picks. So, you know, they're they're about the safest bet in this division, obviously, again this year to to you know I hate to say 15 and two because that's that's a high mark, but I really don't see them losing more than three games. I, I, I think that's my prediction. Um so I yeah, I don't really have much else to add to that. I, I think I think the offense is going to be just as good. Um, you know, injuries and COVID still, we still have to keep that in mind. You know, those those are going to play a factor this year for sure. We, we're already seeing some of that across the league. So uh, it's something to keep in mind. But if they can stay healthy, just, just like with every other team, but especially the Bills, you know, they're going to they're gonna have a pretty easy time, I think, and a pretty easy run and probably go deep in the playoffs, if not to the Super Bowl next year. This year, rather. Yeah, I mean – the Bills are just – it would not surprise me if they end up winning the AFC, if they end up beating out Kansas City and winning the whole entire conference. 
and even winning the Super Bowl, I mean, there's there's such a loaded team. Josh Allen made such a huge jump last season. And obviously, yeah. you know, it, it might not be like we he won't make that big of a jump this season, but like he's already at such a high level that yeah, it's not gonna really change this year, I don't think. But I think he's definitely primed for an MVP season, in my opinion. Um they just have so many weapons. I mean, their defense is pretty good. I mean, they got I, I know like they're they're very high on on their on who they got on the defensive line because they feel like those guys are gonna be like because they saw what Tampa Bay did against Kansas City in the Super Bowl. Now, albeit Tampa Bay had a makeshift line in the right. Super Bowl. So like right. <laughs> you know, I don't know how well that's gonna work, but they believe that like that's that's the blueprint to beat Kansas City and that they have the guys to do so. So, I mean, you look, they got, you know, Stefan Diggs, Josh Allen. Who's the running back? Remind me again who's the running back. Oh, uh, shoot. I'll draw a blank. Give me, give me one second. I'll look you that up. You put me on the spot there with that running back. But can I mention the Bills just signed Steven Sims? Yeah, another – Decent he, I mean, he looked he's not a weapon good. but i was I mean, gonna be he, completely honest with you guys i don't know who the hell stephen sims is <laughs> played for washington who cares <laughs> no so i, I mean anyway stephen sims looked very impressive in his time in washington in my opinion and to see him get signed by the bills i feel like he can help he can be a weapon for josh allen as well but I, I mean, obviously, I do have some bias there because I did watch him play for Washington, and he, he did pretty well. But I feel like in this Bills team, they're only growing. I feel like Steven Sims—that's a perfect fit for him. Uh, Carlos Devin Singletary is their starter. Yes, yeah, Singletary. Um, he's not too bad. They also I, I signed like Singletary. Yeah, they also signed Emmanuel Sanders in the offseason, but I, you know. He's, he's old. He's, he's old. very old. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I mean, his I, biggest moment was that you know dropped catch in the Super Bowl two years ago. So where Garoppolo threw the perfect pass and all right. he had to do was catch it. That's right. And he couldn't do it. So I mean, who knows how much of an impact he's going to make? But I mean, they already have a pretty solid receiving core there in Buffalo. So I mean, it would not surprise. Like I said, it wouldn't surprise me if they end up you know winning the whole damn thing. You I mean, know, right on the desk such. Yeah, he's number two on the depth chart, which is strange. I, I don't know if this is accounting. Well, I guess or... because Cole Beasley's more of a slot receiver, so he would be number three no matter what. Yeah, true. So, I mean, there's there's not much to say. This team is really good. They have built properly. Obviously, they're now the top dog in that division that, you know, obviously, you know, was run by the Patriots for the past, like, 20 years. You know, it's it's nice to see, you know, but and I think they're going to be one of those teams that really benefits from fans being back in the stadiums because like those Buffalo fans are it's a great fan base. So they're going to really benefit from this season. Yeah. Jumping off of trucks and landing on the tables in 20 degree weather. (sighs) Those guys are freaking. They're insane. Yeah, they really are insane. They're maniacs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's not much left to say. I mean, about the Bills. They're they're gonna be good. Uh I would go I think they're gonna either go 13 and four or 14 and three. They're not gonna lose a lot of games. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't think I, I don't think so either. I feel like they easily have first place locked up in this division. I think especially another thing, the reason why they have it locked up is because there's so much there's so many questions with every, with all the other teams in the divisions and in, in that division this year, especially. Um yeah, you know, even with the Patriots, even though they loaded up, like it's still very chemistry, you know, we still don't even know, know who the starting quarterback is gonna be. We don't know if Cam lost the job because of this whole COVID misunderstanding, if he if, if it's going to be Mac Jones and then on we'll top of that, that, will yeah. this team that they pretty much bought, if it's all going to mesh, we don't know. And then the dolphins, we'll, we'll get to all these teams. It's a big thing. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I just think, you know, they, they, they have the experience now they've been in the postseason. They showed just how good they were last year. I, I think they're not going to have a very hard time winning this division. Um, I'm more yeah. inter- interested to see who takes second place in this division. And, uh, Especially with the Pats and Dolphins, I think those that's going to be an interesting uh, matchup th- this year for sure. So we'll we'll get to them. But I yeah, I don't think there's anything else to say about the Bills. I mean, they're the Bills. <laughs> you know the yeah. It's funny the Bills the Bills and Browns are not who they used to be. You know they've 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 co- they've come a long way to to say the least. Especially the Browns, but um, yeah, uh, I I think they're not going to have a very hard time to be honest with you. Winning, I think fourteen and threes probably a, probably a safe bet i'm not a betting man and I, I don't have the money to bet but if i did i'd put my money down on that for sure yeah i mean i would definitely put my money down on josh allen winning mvp i think he's gonna have a big season yep. this year well with that being said that was very short let's move on to the miami dolphins i'm sure we have more to talk about with the miami dolphins i mean obviously they're they are improving and they have improved more this off season. But the real problem with Miami was the fact that um, there were so many different quarterback changes. I mean, you have Fitzpatrick coming off the bench, Fitzpatrick starting, putting in Tua because Fitzpatrick isn't playing well. I mean, all the scenarios there, there wasn't any – I mean, there wasn't like an understanding, I believe, on who who's really the starter here. I feel like Brian Flores at some point during last season was like, oh, um, you know, let's just go with uh, two of this game, see how he rolls. And if he didn't like that, he'll put Fitz in. And I, I mean, in the National Football League, that is unique to – put in one quarterback and switch out for another quarterback, but still I don't really like it. I I feel like if you name somebody, the starter roll with them until you know, for sure they cannot produce the way that your team needs them to produce, then put in your backup guy and see how he does. But I mean, the amount of switching at quarterback they have done, I mean, it was confusing to me, but I mean, a 10 and six record, the, it was just a very odd season, but if the dolphins have some sort of normalcy and uh, I mean, if they Tua stays healthy, I feel like, I feel like the dolphins could improve a little bit, but still there's a long way to go with this Miami dolphins team. Well, what's yeah. the old saying? Uh, if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. I mean, you, you know, the thing, you know, there's a lot of questions about Tua going into the season. Now, the thing is, you know, obviously last year, COVID year, weird year, 
Um, it was weird the way they switched to Tua, in my opinion, but also like Tua, that offense wasn't built for Tua. Like it was all built for Ryan Fitzpatrick. So like they're two like totally different quarterbacks, things that, you know, Fitzpatrick can do Tua can't like certain reads and stuff. I think it was, but I mean, to me, I'm not sure if Tua is going to ultimately be the answer for this team. I, there's a lot, I, there's a lot of problems that people have been bringing up. Like, you know, like his deep ball velocity, like it's just not there. It's, you know, I don't know. We got to see how he does this season as the full-time starter, like from like week one where, and it's an offense built for him. You know, obviously they have, they drafted a uh, Waddle out of Alabama, his guy um, who apparently has been a stud in camp and, you know, training camp, um, you know, and Brian Flores, I mean, yeah, I mean, just last season was just so weird. Like, like Kirby said, you know, like they kept switching and like, not really. And I mean, like it worked out from time to time, obviously, but you know, and they finished with a 10 and six record. They're showing improvement, but you know, it's just, we'll, we'll see what leaps Tua makes this season. I mean, that's, that's just going to be it. Can Tua um, improve enough to, you know, have this team in a position to actually make the playoffs this year and not have a winning record, but not make it in because they couldn't beat the bills on the last week of the season. And they got crushed. They lost by 30 points mm-hmm. um, uh, this, this past season. Yeah. I think you guys both hit the nail on the head. I mean, it just it doesn't work in the NFL to have a two quarterback system where you kind of just willy nilly throw somebody out there, especially when you have a rookie quarterback. Um, you know, it messes with their psyche a lot when you just kind of when you keep doing that when you when you dangle the hope out there that they're going to be the full time start, starter or that they're going to see the field at all during the game, and then you know you decide to stick with Ryan Fitzpatrick for that particular game or whatnot. Um, I'm sure it didn't bother Ryan Fitzpatrick too much just because he's been in the league since, you know, 2005 and he's been, he's played with a lot of teams and he's probably seen most of that stuff. And I, I think that's one advantage that the Dolphins had last year is they had someone who, you know, as far as reading defenses and all that, I mean, Ryan Fitz NFL defenses, Ryan Fitzpatrick was the perfect guy for that. Cause he's been, he's been he's around seen the league it for all. so long. He's seen it all literally. So, um, not to say he didn't have his terrible moments uh, as well as his amazing moments. He's one of the most interesting quarterbacks. Uh, oh, Fitz magic. Uh, man. But I, I actually think Tua, with, you know, with, with his second season and, and, and an off season to work through the kinks. And also like you said, Carlos get, you know, get a, get a playbook kind of built around him and accustomed into this offense. I think I think he's gonna I think he's gonna do really well this season. I, I really believe that. Um, like, like you said, there are some some glaring issues, but keep in mind, you know, he hasn't had a full season yet. I mean, it was a staggered season to say the least for him last year, and I'm sure again it messed with him mentally. So, um, I, I you know I kind of think the Dolphins are gonna be one of the teams to watch for in the AFC that could sneak into the playoffs and, and maybe cause some issues if if they're able to get in. Um, obviously I, I think their best bets a wild card, especially with the expanded playoffs. Um, you have that extra, extra wild card spot now. So, um, I also thought they had a pretty good off season. They, they signed a lot of guys on both sides of the ball and I think improved um, a little bit in that area, especially, um, you know, with, well, obviously in the off season, they drafted Jalen Waddle as Carlos mentioned, which 
you know, he's probably going to be the go-to guy right off the bat, I imagine. Um, or, or one of the go-to guys, at least probably wide receiver too. It'll be um, either him or Devonte Parker. True. Yeah. Yeah. Parker. Well, Parker will be one since he's been around a while. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think you guys pretty much covered it all. I, I think, uh, I just, I think with Tua having an opportunity, like, like Carlos said, to get adjusted in this offense and, you know, for a playbook to finally be tailored to his strengths as a quarterback, you know, it's very, it's got to be difficult last year for that offense to have to know what you're going to do game to game, because, you know, I'm sure the offensive coordinator is thinking, well, who's going to start? Who's going to is Tua going to come in? Is Fitzpatrick going to come off the bench? It was, it's it's a it's not a good way to run a run an NFL football team. So um, it's not really a good way to do it at any level. I, I think maybe you could get away with it in high school or, or something, but in college and in the NFL, forget about it. I mean, it's it's just not it's. It's just just not the move. So, yeah, well, I, especially I, at that position, because like at that position, you want it like that's the position you need the most certainty at. Yep. Like you need like to know who your leader is going to be, like who's going to be the guy who's given the ball like to everybody in the offense. It. Right. Yeah. Like like you need the most, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's it. You just need the most certainty at that position. Exactly. Totally. Totally agree. So, yeah, I think if you know, I, I, I think they're. I think they're a 10 or 11 win team this year. I, I, re- I really think that. Um, and look, it's possible 10 and 17 can make the postseason. I mean, we've seen funnier things happen before. So especially with the AFC this year, there's a, there's a lot of, you know, there's really aren't, there really aren't a lot of top tier teams. I, I think, you know, you have three or four teams you could put up there and then everybody else is just kind of a mystery. So um, yeah, I, I think the Dolphins could be one of those teams this year that if, if they're able to sneak into the playoffs, they, they could cause some, cause some issues for whoever they go up against. Uh, I will say this, if I were compiling a list of some teams in the NFL that could be sleepers, I I would put the Dolphins pretty high on that list. Because, I mean, I know, going back to your point, Dan, about um, having a system tailored to Tua, uh, I, I feel like that will help tremendously that they're not going to be switching quarterbacks. I mean, hopefully not, but still, I feel like the Dolphins have talent that they could potentially sneak in as a wild card team. So I I would not be surprised if this Dolphins team was a sleeper and ended up in the wild card and maybe upsetting a wild card team moving on to the next round of the playoffs. Yeah. And it's, uh, I think they're only going to get more comfortable the, the longer they, you know, if, if they're going to put the ball into his hands, if, if they can get him, you know, it, it, it might take a couple games this year. It might take three or four games for him to get adjusted um, to being the full-time starter in, in the national football league. That's qu- quite a difference from last year. So, um, you know, it, it might, it might be a little rust to start the season, but I, I think if they can go on a run mid season, I, I, re- I really think that, you know, they could, they could be a dangerous team, not just for this season, but I think for future seasons as well with, uh, you know, with, with giving Tua all the, all the power in that offense. Has Tua played this uh, preseason? It's a, that's a great question. <laughs> See, I, um, I'm, I'm not really watching preseason games, so I don't know if he's played or not. I doubt I, it. I, don't, I well, mean, preseason, it, I mean, See, this is how much we know about preseason. He's not, I mean, he's not playing this weekend. That's, that's an NBC sports article, but I think he did play last 
last week, it says. But I don't. I mean, a lot of the big names don't, or a lot of the starting quarterbacks aren't really playing this preseason just because of the extra game. Tua Tua played against Atlanta. The Dolphins won 37 to 17. He won 16 for 23, 183 yards and a touchdown. And they're resting all their starters uh, against the Bengals this weekend, which makes perfect sense. You know one thing about the preseason, though, that really just irritates me? It's like they're hyping all these quarterbacks and all these new players up like such and such and throw up their stat line. That's social media for you. That's the social media world we live in. Regular season, but it's preseason, man. No, I I agree. No, I I agree. I think it's ridiculous. Then this is coming from the guy who you know was overreacting to Trey Lance's pass. Uh, okay, like, oh, I, oh, 49ers in the Super Bowl. Exactly. He was stereotyped that day. You're joke. part of the problem, Kirby. Kirby, you're a part of the problem. <laughs> He's drinking water today. He's being responsible. It, it, it's called a G. I mean, I, I mean, I was like, let me just be funny and say, oh, Trey Lance looked amazing, 49ers to the Super Bowl, but you know, it it genuinely irritates me when they throw up stat lines. So, or, does it irritate you that you know when they throw up Dwayne Haskins stats? I mean, I, I as long as they're bad, favorite quarterback of all time. I haven't paid attention, so I I'm not really sure. Oh, oh I know why. that's I mean, not I know true. You're looking up, I know you're looking up his stats. It's fine. Kirby, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> what about like, and you know, you have Justin Fields after the first preseason game talk about, oh, the game was a lot slower than I expected. Well, you're going up against second and third string players, and then what yeah, happens? And then he gets what happens this smacked? past week? He gets his clock totally clean. I, I hope a dirty that hit. Guy, for, I hope that a, guy that got ejected because yeah, there's a no dirty a dirty hit for sure. But there's no place for that in the preseason. No, no. Well, here's the thing. There's no place for that you guys. You, you got to understand about, you know, that guy was probably, you know, this is probably his only opportunity. So he was just trying to make a good impression and he just took yeah. it a little too far. He just took it. You know, yeah, like that's exactly. the thing is that like with this, with these, pre- that's why a lot of guys or a lot of teams don't play their like starting quarterback during the preseason because they know that there's dudes that are just going to take it too far because they're just trying to make a good impact on the team or Total impress Bears the, move. you know, the team. <laughs> So, Total bears, you know, Total I, bears, I mean, bears. but the thing is, Justin Fields isn't their starter this year. There's yeah. they're, they're very adamant that it's going to be Andy Dalton. Yeah. For but two weeks. I'll bring up I'll bring up one example. I know this is a very kind of bad example, but Here we go. The, the preseason, the past two seasons in preseason. Um, in, Are we including last year where there wasn't a preseason? No, no. So the past two not counting this season not the covid year the past two preseasons for the washington football team you know no, it, all the all this hype about darius guys and he gets injured twice and he's out for the season so it's like preseason can do that to you you know that's why you don't that's why you don't like go hard in the preseason and you, and you don't play your stars that's why people get pissed off when they go to games and whatnot and they're like Oh, so and so is not playing. I'm like, why would they? This this game doesn't count for anything. Like, yeah. it's mostly for like Carlos said, it's for guys who are either trying to make the team or they're trying to move up the depth chart, or a, a, a lot of times just trying to hell, just trying to make it on special teams at at, yeah. at a certain point. So absolutely, you know, it's it's not for the starters to show to show out, even though you know NFL social media seems to think uh, seems to think otherwise. 
Well, right. they're just trying to generate hype. That's all they're trying yeah. to do. They, I mean, ultimately, they know that these games don't matter. I mean, goddamn, Aaron Rodgers hasn't, you know, doesn't hasn't even played this preseason. He's not going to. He doesn't need to. Yeah, no. does, like, does he really he have? There's just certain guys that don't need to. Like, why did Patrick Mahomes have to take 66 snaps like the other day? You know, like there's no that need. Surprised for that surprised me. 66 snaps. My God, it, it was something like that. It was it, like, it was, it was unnecessary. Home, like you're putting yourself at unnecessary risk for games that don't matter. These, these are scrimmages. So that's basically what you got to look at. Like if you mm-hmm. go in, you can half ass it. Like you're a starter. You know what to do. You put in most of your work during actual like camp. Yep. You know, like you don't need to like, feel the game. You know what you're going into. It irritates me too when reporters tweet from training camp or practice uh this such and such through four interceptions or a deep diving catch in practice in practice i get that i i mean you know really? what yeah no, because yeah it, no i get that it generates eyeballs and it, it gets fans talking about their team and like what they might look like yeah it's 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 a, it's a little different and especially when it's the starting offense going against the starting defense. Yeah. So you kind of get to see both sides of it. So I totally understand that. Um, it is, is it annoying at times? Absolutely. Like I totally think it's annoying, but I totally get that compared to, you know, putting up a quarterback who threw seven passes and putting his stats on Twitter. So that's, that's just, yeah. that's just what it is. But all right, let's, let's move on um, team. Move. Drifted far from the topic here. Yes, we have. <laughs> we but, always do. But that's all right. That, that's the fun about this podcast. Three-man booth. Man, let me tell you about the three-man booth, man. <laughs> we, get, we, we need to get T-shirts made. We need a coach's clicker in here, man. We do need that. The all right, back to the podcast. <laughs> okay. All right, Dan. Uh, let, let's get back. Uh, let's talk about the New England Patriots, who for the first time in e- – in since I could remember, the New England Patriots missed the playoffs with a seven and nine record. Obviously, we all know the story. I will not go back into the story, but y- you look in this Patriots team really, really struggled last season. And granted, you had, had some guys who opted out due to COVID, but this year for the, the Patriots in the offseason. It, it looked like they had no regard for their cap space. They just went out, sign, 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 sign. I mean, drafted, they had, they, they had it for the first like time in it, forever. It, it, yeah, it wasn't that they didn't. They had they had like no regard for it. Just they just had the cap space. They were the yeah. one of few teams they that had actually a lot. had cap space. And they made moves. And obviously, moves. I, I I expected Belichick and Robert Kraft to go out and make moves to build this. Patriots team back to what it is and yeah. obviously there are questions um, I will just touch on this a COVID misunderstanding and Cam Newton's out for five to seven days I, I don't really understand that but uh, I I mean I, I don't really know about that but other than that the Patriots are making moves to get better but I still feel like they won't be able to make the playoffs this season because the bills are just looking way too good in the dolphins. I mean, they could end up in second place. They could sneak in a wild card, but I doubt it with this Patriots team. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that 
completely. Yeah, I, I think – and I, I think they've really made a lot of great moves in free agency, like you mentioned, Josh. Um, they brought in – let's just go through a couple of these that I just jotted down. Uh, they brought in defensive back uh, Jalen Mills, wide receiver Nelson Aguilar, defensive end Matthew Judon, wide receiver Kendrick Bourne, and tight end Hunter Henry. So, um, you know, those are just and some they guys. they Kyle Van Noy. Yeah, that's – that's that that's a pretty big signing. So you it know is. they heart uh, is breaking over Matthew Judon. I can hear it. Uh please don't. It'll be fine. I'll get I'll get over it. But um yeah, I, on paper, yeah, they they won the offseason. But you know, again, chemistry and, and players, you know, working together, it's something you can't see until the season starts until we get into the swing of things. So I, I, I put that at the bottom, you know, it's, it's, it's all about just how they mesh and if, if they can, if they mesh well or not, no, nobody knows. So, and I, I, I think Mac Jones, I think he will, if he's not the start at the beginning of the season, I think he will be. And I read something today that said that, you know, um, people around camp have been saying he's, but he's looked fantastic during, during the, uh, you know, during training camp and, and preseason as well. So. I, I think he will be the starter. I, I don't think it's immediate just because, you know, seniority. You, you got to give it to Cam Newton just because he's, you know, he, he understands the playbook better probably at this, at this point, and he's more well-equipped to start the season. But I, I, I don't think it's long until Mac Jones comes in and, and, be, and pretty much becomes the full-time starter, especially if Cam struggles like he did, you know, at the start of last season. Um, they didn't have any other options last year. So, you know, this um, – this is this is a little bit of a, a different story. I, I think, I think this is this year is going to decide Cam's future. Obviously, he's he's getting up there now, and uh, he's been in the league for over ten years. So, he's not he's not a young player anymore, especially for you know for an NFL player's career where their their average, you know their average career is like you know three seasons or whatnot, whatever whatever it is, it's pretty low. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that pretty much covers everything. I you know. Um, chemistry is everything with this team. And I, I don't, I, I definitely don't see them catching the bills this year. And I, I think they're going to have a hard time, you know, catching the dolphins just because the dolphins were the dolphins had, were such a, such an odd team last year, you know, but they were still able to make the postseason. So, um, um, but, I don't know, but I, I don't know if they're going to have a hard time catching the Dolphins. I think if anything, that's who they got their best shot at is catching, yeah. Up, no, yeah, catching I, up and, you know, I didn't, I didn't the Dolphins right. for second. Right. Um, it's the bills for sure. They're not going to catch up to the bills. No, even with all yeah. the signings they made. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree. So l- let me just say one thing about Cam Newton. Cam Newton should worry more about his performance on the field than his wardrobe off the field. What? <laughs> I, I guess that was a bad joke. Saw that on Barstool, I'm sure. Yeah, that was a bad take. I mean, come on. That's part of Cam Newton's personality. His fashion's part of his personality. He's always been It's like not that. as if it's distracting on the field. What happened last season was, A, he just wasn't healthy. You know, we saw that his shoulder just never, you know, he looked good at the start of the season. Then he got COVID and then obviously his shoulder just started kind of giving out. We will see how it goes this season, if it can hold up, you know, also it's, it's like to Dan's point, this dude is not a young player anymore. He's taken a lot of punishment with his style, but he is a former NFL MVP. He's been to a Super Bowl before, you know, he's 
you know, he's done everything you could do possibly do in the NFL, you know, like he, he deserves a shot to at least be the start. Now the difference between now, the thing is, is I, I like, I was talking to Kirby, you know, obviously before we got on here um, is I think, you know, it's very possible that, you know, Cam might have lost the starting job though, because of this, you know, COVID misunderstanding, you know, because yep. the thing is, is, What's the best, the, you know, the best ability is availability. And the problem is, is what happens during the season. Obviously, it's clear Cam isn't, you know, vaccinated or else this wouldn't be an issue. What happens if, you know, there's another misunderstanding or, you know, Cam has to go into COVID protocols? Well, I don't know if Mac Jones is vaccinated, but, you know, um, is Mac Jones more reliable? Bill Belichick is going to go for that. He wants somebody who's going to be available no matter what. And he's not going to have to worry am I going to have to put in this this week because he's not going to be here, you know? And again, Mac Jones really fits obviously the Tom Brady mold. I was going to say that. He, yep. Yeah. Where he does a lot of things that, you know, Tom Brady does. I mean, obviously not to the same level as Tom Brady, but again, he's got that potential, I guess you could say. Right. I mean, to me, like, yeah, I would go with Mac Jones. I mean, you're going to eventually move over to him. There's a reason why you drafted him in the first round. The Patriots never draft a quarterback in the first round. Hell, when they drafted Garoppolo, that wasn't until, like, the second round, if I remember correctly. So it's like, you know, of course, Brady, you know, infamously was pick 199. You know, I mean, they don't draft quarterbacks that high unless they really, unless Belichick really believes in him. So, I mean, they're going to eventually make the switch anyways. They did also just trade – uh, Sony Michelle to the Rams. Right. Uh, for, I thought I believe, that was a very the, interesting move. Well, I mean, Sony Michelle just isn't just never really panned out on the Patriots. He just never did. He was fit. I mean, hell, you can even play with him on Madden. He's not that good. <laughs> I mean, um, you know, Brady never really trusted him. He never really, I don't think him and Cam really had great chemistry either, you know, and I just think that they were ready to move on from him. And obviously, you know, they signed the two tight ends. I think they're trying to go back to that system that they were in back when they had Gronk and, and you know, Hernandez. Uh, Hernandez. <laughs> we know all about all about that. But I, honestly, that was a very that was a very dangerous scheme, and they had a lot of success with yeah. it. I think they want to go back to that. So, and and like and like we were talking about the defense. I mean, their defense is stacked i mean obviously a lot of them opted out last season dante hightower they're you know pretty much the quarterback of the defense did not play and obviously uh who knows what's going on with gilmore if he's gonna stay or not um i, I guess as far we haven't heard anything so i guess the plan is he's gonna stay but obviously he could be traded also at some point but i mean at this point he's on the patriots so i mean that defense is gonna be loaded yeah, no, I, I don't really think I have much to add to that, but I mean... Perfectly said, and, and great point about the perfect. defense, too, because yeah, absolutely. I had completely, I completely forgotten how many players opted out. Um, it was it a seemed, lot. It's been like an eon ago now, so I, I forgot about a lot of that stuff, but yeah, um, that'll definitely make a big difference for them. So, um, yeah, I, I think... So do you think Mac Jones starts week one, Carlos, or do you think it's it's a couple no. weeks? Mm, so, like, if I was running it, I would probably go Cam Newton week one. Yeah. Um, But I don't know. It just – we'll just see how Cam rebounds from this. We'll see. Because, like you said, like, I'm hearing the same things too. Like, I'm hearing Mac Jones is 
you know, from, from every show that I listen to and stuff like that, like I'm hearing, you know, there's a lot of hype behind Mac Jones right now. And obviously we saw him in the preseason and like him and cam, like kind of went toe to toe in the preseason. And obviously Mac Jones had the lesser weapons too. Yeah. And he looked pretty good. So, I mean, Mac Jones is inevitable. He's going to eventually be the starter for the new England Patriots. It's just a matter of when, not if, I don't think it's going to be week one. I think they're going to go Cam Newton week one. They're going to let Cam go at least the first quarter of the season, see where they're at. And if they feel like they'll do better with Mac Jones, then they'll switch over to Mac Jones. I think that's, I think that's fair. Yeah, I I can agree with that too, because if Cam isn't producing the way Bill wants, then he's going to make the move. He's going to, if Cam isn't performing the way Bill wants week one, I'm not surprised if he pulls in for Mac Jones. Then it just depends on if Cam Newton's production declines and when. Bill Belichick's not that kind of guy, though. I, I I think he lets it play out, and he's, you know, he. I think three to four weeks is a safe bet, but I I, I think he gets a game plan in place before he just pulls someone out, you know, during a game or whatnot. Yeah. And well, He's I mean, just, I'm positive. Never, I mean, you, you know, with the Patriots, they're always ready for anything. I mean, they they, they practice. I mean, that's how they go. They never have the same game plan going in each week. True. But you know, another thing that we're forgetting to mention is, is you know, Bill, you know, obviously sat home last, you know, last you know postseason, and he watched Tom Brady win a Super Bowl without him. And obviously, now there're questions of who was the Patriots dynasty Legacy. mostly. Like, who was responsible for it? Was it Tom Brady or was it Bill Belichick? And obviously now Tom Brady has the advantage in that argument because he went and won a Super Bowl without him. So you know Bill Belichick is itching, itching to reclaim like that. Like, it was that the reason why the Patriots were successful for for all that, you know, the past 20 years was because of him. He definitely wants that credit. So you know he's going to go all out this season. And I just don't think there's any possible – I think – I don't think Bill Belichick is going to let this team not make the playoffs at least this season. Now, will they make the Super Bowl? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think they have the the team for that yet, but um, I think he's definitely going to make a push to, you know, make at least the playoffs and possibly the divisional round, if I had to guess. Imagine three out of the four teams in this division making the playoffs. That would be, I mean, I could see it. I could definitely see it. I think this is one of those divisions where it's, very possible to have three out of four teams make make the playoffs. It's it's that deep of a division. So, well, almost. We'll get to the last team here in a sec. But um, the team that's, that's in the that, that the was really well said. Record. Really well said, Carlos. I I mean, I hadn't even I hadn't even thought of that. But that's that's a really solid point. Like now, the the talent differential on both rosters was. I mean, you're talking about. What Bill Belichick had, it was amazing. Bill Belichick went seven to nine with that roster he had. You know, it was amazing. He was able to win seven games, I think. Um, and of course, Brady had the best of the best, but uh, well, one of the one of the best rosters, one of the best, the best defense. So um, you know, I that 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 definitely is a mentality he, he probably has this year. And it's it's Bill Belichick. He's you know, you can't you can't, you know lose track of him essentially he's always you can't if, count him out if he's if he's still coaching you know they're they're gonna find a way so that's that's just that's just how it is yeah absolutely yeah i agree with you both so 
Moving on to the last team in this division, the New York Jets, who went two and fourteen. <laughs> That's and, what I was about. I was gonna make a fart sound effect too. I mean, <laughs> really, Rash is there is? Uh, I don't know what there is to say about this Jets team. Obviously, they hired Robert Sala. He had a, a very coach. successful yeah. career in San Francisco. They drafted Zach Wilson from BYU, but still, I, I'm I'm worried about him too. Uh, I'm a little I'm a little iffy about him. I I I'm not sure how this Jets team is going to pan out. I think this is a multi-year rebuild, and my hopes are not high on the New York Jets, to say the least. Well, I mean, the New York in... Jets aren't high on themselves right now yes. either. <laughs> yeah. You know they if if you look what they did in free agency they they made a lot of a lot of moves I mean not as many as the Patriots but they they definitely changed that roster around a lot they brought in Lamarcus Joyner who's pretty solid um, and then one of the other key names is is Corey Davis who's always been a solid receiver um, especially in fantasy football he's always a good fantasy pickup um, I think he's going to struggle this year with you know with the struggles at offensive line that the Jets have and you know. I, I kind of I put in parentheses of this of Zach Wilson, you know, I, I just it seems to me like it's going to be Joe Burrow 2.0. I just have that feeling. I just and I and he's not as talented as Joe Burrow either. So, you know, not even close. So I um I think Robert Sala is a good coach. I think that's the one thing they have going for him. I think they made the right move hiring him. Um, They're they're going to struggle this year. There's no ifs, ands or buts about it. You know, they they have a ton of question marks and you know rebuild is on their mind right now more than anything else i don't think i have anything else to say i just um especially with how good the the other three teams are how consistent the other three teams are ahead of them you know the the other one of them is really gonna have to slip up for the the jets to finish to not finish last i think and it's gonna have to be like an epic meltdown um but by either the dolphins or pats so I don't think I don't think any of these teams can possibly have a meltdown that could make them worse than the Jets. Yeah, you know, I mean, <laughs> you say that, but you know, COVID, you know, they, they, you could forfeit essentially. So that yeah, was, but that's like one game here. I mean, let's be honest, the Jets aren't going to win a lot of games, games this season. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, the Jets know that this that this season basically is not going to count towards Robert Salah's you know tenure as the coach. You know, they they know that they know themselves that this team is does a doesn't have the depth, you know, is lacking in a lot of talent. There's not really a lot of talent on this team. No veteran leadership. Yeah. And, and like, just like they, they know uh, also um, <laughs> to the coaching sense. Yeah. Like Sal is going to be a great coach. Um, they also brought in Matt LaFleur's brother um, to be the offensive coordinator. And Mike, obviously. Right? Yes. Um, so Very clever name. Yeah, and a great naming on the parents' front. Congratulations <laughs> to them. Um, um, but um, you know, he, I, it'll be interesting to see what he does with uh, with Zach Wilson. We talked about it a lot during our draft coverage. I don't, I don't, I don't, I never really understood the hype on Zach Wilson per se. Like, I understand like he's a very creative player, but he really realistically only had one great one great season at BYU, but he didn't play anybody. And the one team they did play was, you know, coastal care was coastal Carolina. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Coastal Carolina. They lost. 
Yep. You know, it's not like you're, you're playing, you know, in Alabama or something like that. You're playing a team that, you know, ultimately never has a shot at making the college football playoff. And you couldn't even win that. And obviously that was kind of a last minute game because of COVID they were able to schedule that, but you know, ultimately like, why did they draft him? Oh, because he can make certain throws that Patrick Mahomes can make. I don't like that. Everybody's trying to find the next Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is a one of a kind kind of guy. And on top of that, he was mentored by some of the best, you know, possible mentors, um, you know, in the game, obviously at Andy Reed and he had Alex Smith and all that. And what I'm scared for Zach Wilson is a, he's not going to have, you know, obviously, like we said, Robert Sala is going to be a great coach. You know, the LaFleur brothers is going to be a good coordinator. We, they, they'll get Zach Wilson where he needs to be. Uh, you know, if, but the problem is, is like you said, Dan, their offensive line is atrocious and it's going to be there. And with the way that Zach Wilson plays, and he's not a big guy either. It's not like he's, you know, yep, exactly. six, he's not a Josh Allen. You know, he's, he's, he's a pretty small guy. Counts on throwing and, the run a lot of times. Yeah. yeah. He'll be throwing. And, but like the problem is, is he, he's going to be on the run a lot and he's going to be getting hit a lot. And yeah. I don't know how well his body's going to be able to take that, that type of punishment. So that'll be scary. I mean, I think we all can agree. The jets are probably going to be in the running for the worst record in the league this year. I mean, I, d- I don't disagree with that. I, yeah. I don't and, disagree either. I and, mean, you know, they're, they're one of those organizations that, I mean, they're bad. Their front office is just bad and has been bad for a while. You know, for, for even even when they had that one year where they made the AFC championship game, I, I still think, you know, really, I, don't, I just don't think they're that great of a franchise in general. Even if you go back to, you know, the, the Joe Namath, you know, era, his his career stats are this is sort of random, but his career stats really aren't that impressive if you compare them they against just, other Hall of they, They've always but. been that second team in New York. You know, there's always, yeah. you know, they're, they're the, you know, they're the, the New York Mets, basically, yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you got the Yankees and then you got the Mets and then you got the Giants who have won two Super Bowls recently within the past 20 years. And then you got, you know, you got the Jets who haven't yes. won anything there. Since, <laughs> since, since name it. Hell, they did. Like you said, the only time is, you know, obviously they made the AFC championship game with, you know, Sanchez, with but Sanchez, like, that yeah. was like, you know, that was like a flash in the pan, you know, that wasn't anything, you know, spectacular. Like they had a great defense, but their, and their offense was, you know, all right, I guess, but I mean, they, they did what they had to do. They weren't anything flashy for sure. And then obviously we saw how quickly that crumbled <laughs> when they, when they went up against Brady, I think, was it Brady? Yeah, that was, it was the Patriots. It was either the, the Colts or Patriots game. that destroyed. No, 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 no. For that year that they went to the Super Bowl, or no, when they went to the championship game, they lost to the Steelers. Steelers, okay. Yes. Yeah, and then it was the Steelers, Cardinals in the Super Bowl, right? Or was yeah, that they, the year they played? No, that was the year they played Green Bay, I think. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That that that's right. Let, it's coming back to me now. Let me let me throw this out there. Oh boy. I'm yeah. Uh, let, let's do an yeah, over under, if you will. <laughs> okay. Over, over under, under six years until the Jets make the playoffs again. Under. Yeah, I'd say under. I'll I go mean, under. Under. Even, I think, you know, they can, they, I mean, they, obviously there's an extra wild card spot now. So, you know, if they just have one year where they do decent, they, they have a chance to make it in. So I we think, think they, this Jets I, I think, team will not have a long rebuild. 
Well, no, I think that if they just follow, follow, follow obviously, they, Robert Sala has had to have presented a plan for this franchise, right? They wouldn't have just hired him just to hire him. Mm-hmm. If they follow his plan, and I, I like, like we all said, we believe he's going to be good. You know, I, I believe if they follow his plan, they build this team correctly. They follow the model of the Buffalo Bills and understand that success, that the success is going to come. They're basically investing now for success later. Like it's not going to be next year. We're going to be like the top dog in this division. You know, they got to understand that one, they're in a competitive division as it is. Yeah. So they'll, they'll always be jockeying. We can all agree. Buffalo is probably going to be the, you know, the creme of the creme of this division for the foreseeable future. But there's obviously a void there for second place because the Patriots are no longer really the Patriots. The Dolphins obviously have some questions and we know the Dolphins will be up and down here and there. You know, one year they may be good, one year they may be bad. There's there's a there's a there's an opening there for the Jets to sneak into the playoffs. You know, every now and again, um, but they need to stay the course basically, and then they'll, you know, then they'll they'll. I feel like ultimately, if they follow Robert Salah, I think he'll lead them to the promised land. I can okay. agree with that. I, I feel like Salah did really great in San Francisco, and I feel like he will be a great head coach to help this team rebuild and like you just said Carlos get back to the promised land and you know and and he seems to be a great motivator and that's a huge thing when you have especially young players and, and guys who probably aren't going to mesh well to begin with uh this, this team is sort of a duct tape kind of franchise kind of team right now so it, it takes a strong leader to sort of bring bring that sort of I say sort of like a lot and I say like a lot um to bring them together, you know, it, it takes an emotional leader and it takes someone who has that sort of skill. And I, I think Robert Sala, that's why he's the perfect man for the job. You know, it, it just makes a lot of sense. Yep. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I think that about wraps it up for the Jets. Not too much more to add there. But I mean, I think we can all agree the Bills pretty much have this division locked oh, yeah. up unless. Yeah something tragic happens, which uh, I don't think could happen. Well, I mean, obviously the tragic thing would be like, let's say Josh Allen, God forbid gets, you know, injured, but I feel like they made, I feel like they made the smart move in signing Mitchell Trubisky, to be honest. I feel like Mitchell Trubisky fits very well with this offense. And I feel like obviously they have a more competent coaching staff than they did in Chicago. So I feel like even if they lose Josh Allen, you know, I feel like they're, they'll they'll be in good shape to you know with with a with a good backup i feel like you know trubisky will hold i mean i still think he's not that great but i think he'll be able to hold it until maybe josh allen comes back or to lead him at least somewhat in the playoffs yeah Yeah, i agree with that yeah i definitely agree with that all right you're listening to the three-man booth here on the Kirby on Sports Podcast, we just recap the AFC East. Coming up next, we'll break down the last and final the division in our event of the evening. <laughs> the main event, uh, the last division preview we have on our list, the NFC East, also known as the NFC Least. Stay tuned. Ladies and gentlemen, let me just tell you about Regroup Building Services. If you're looking to get your home remodeled, any part of your home, bathroom, kitchen, want to get a deck built, 
anything like that. Regroup building services can just about do everything. And take it from me because they came in and they remodeled my family's kitchen and they do a great job. So if you're looking for any sort of home remodeling needs, uh, deck work done, anything of that nature, reach out to my guy Sean Hibbard over at Regroup Building Services today. You can check them out on their website, www.regroupbuildingservices.com, where they do the honeydews that your honey don't. Make sure you tell them Josh sent you. For sports fans living in condominium and homeowners associations, as well as business professionals, when you need a reserve study, PM Plus Reserves has been in business since 1990. Their studies are accurate and easy to understand. Check them out when your association needs a study, www.pmplusreserves.com. You can also contact them at 703-803-8436. Once again, www.pmplusreserves.com. Is it finally time to upgrade your home's interior? How about with an authentic farm table made locally from recycled barn wood? Shenandoah Primitives, based right here in Winchester, Virginia, makes farm tables, benches, tables, coffee tables, and a long list of other items for your home decorating needs. At Shenandoah Primitives, function and style are combined for great furniture that will last generations. If you're interested in combining the industrial look of metal with wood or considering something incredibly unique with a live edge, Shenandoah Primitives turns those ideas into reality. Thinking about a mirror, wine rack, or other act and peace for your home, Shenandoah Primitives can assist with that as well. As a local small business, Shenandoah Primitives is happy to work with each client for a custom design or schedule an appointment to come out and view current inventory. Local, high-quality, handmade items can be found at Shenandoah Primitives. Find us on Facebook and Instagram or visit us at www.shenandoahprimitives.com. Once again, that's www.shenandoahprimitives.com. Hey, sports fans. Thank you for listening to and supporting the Kirby on Sports podcast with founder and host Josh Kirby, along with lead contributor Dan Dembski. Like, subscribe, and give them a five-star rating wherever you get your podcast from. My name is Dr. Dave Miles, founder of Dr. Dave Leadership Corporation. Our company helps leaders build engaged and productive teams. Exclusively for listeners of the Kirby on Sports podcast, you can take an opportunity to discover your primary communication style and learn more about effective communication with others. Text Kirby to 757-903-0743 for your free copy of the Working From Home Communication Assessment where you'll learn... Your primary communication style, how to better communicate with others not like you, and tips on working remotely based on your personal communication style. 10 minutes, tons of resources, learn about yourself and your team. Again, text Kirby to 757-903-0743 for your free assessment report today. I'm Dr. Dave Miles, founder of Dr. Dave Leadership Corporation, where we help you and your team be more engaged and productive by understanding each other better. Back to you, Josh.
All right, welcome back. The three-man booth here on the Kirby on Sports Podcast. I'm joined by Dan Dembski and the Swiss Army Knife, Carlos Martinez. I need a cooler nickname. It just it just occurred to me. Lead contributor sucks. Compared That's to so professional. Like he's got a professional, like he's got a professional yeah. title, and then I got a nickname. <laughs> Yeah, we're a we can't, we bunch. Can't, there, there are times and places we can talk about this. I mean, <laughs> um, oh, oh, are there? Okay. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I mean, that that's something I can put into consideration. I can put it under advisement. Don't call me Double D. I've heard that too much. I'm, I'm tired of hearing that. Double D. Double uh, D. Dan the Man or... Well, let's get back. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, so we can figure I, out something for Dan. I pulled yeah. us away. Yeah, we, we, we can figure weapon. some out at a later date. <laughs> the weapon. The weapon. Damn Dembski. Oh, I love it. That's what, what it is. The weapon. Oh, man. The machine. <laughs> the machine. I know. Uh, I think Bert Kreischer has that one on. Uh, yeah, it's a shame. Uh, I, unlock. I think this is going to be the most unique um kind of um division preview the nfc east they were no oh, is last it kirby year. why why is that why is it going to be unique <laughs> because because your team stinks that's why <laughs> how about team... the cowboys your team was much better carlos is this how it's gonna go are we gonna my team recap was, it my team was are we gonna recap it, or are you just gonna trash talk, uh, or are we just trash talking teams? No, we have recap to, first, and then we have to recap. We have to recap. Okay, we have to recap. Okay, so 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 let's do it. We got to start with your team since they won the division last yes, year. Yes, they did win Somehow. the division because somebody had to win it, even though everybody wanted to lose it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, shall I start off here with the Washington football team, or would you all like to go first? <sighs> Here, you all go first. Talk about the Washington football team. That no, I feel like you should go first. This yeah, is you your should. show. No, 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 you kind of no, set no. the tone. Save, save the no, best no, no, for no, last. No. Piss off, Kirby. No. Fucking go. <laughs> save the best for last, Carlos. I no, want to hear your thoughts. Okay, on so the save me for last. Team. So then you save me for last. Go. All right, Dan. Go ahead. Okay. Well. I mean, the one positive thing you could say that this team had last year is a great defense. I mean, they were like number four in the NFL, um, of course, led by rookie Chase Young, who was fantastic. Um, Fucking I, animal. He's an animal. Yeah, you know, I, I, it's going to be hard to have the same sort of production this year he had last year. It, it, it just is. It's, it's hard to do that on the defensive side year after year after year. So, um, you know, but that entire defense was really, really good. So. That was that that was really what kept them in games and, you know, and helped them maintain leads when they had leads, which uh, I'm not, not going to say how often that was. But the offense was very much holding them back. And this, you know, this whole idea of, um, you know, they they. I mean, Dwayne Haskins, you know. Kyle Allen there towards the end of the season. Uh, they had Taylor Heineke play, Alex Smith. It was just a mess. Um, no quarterback played really well on the stat sheet except for Kyle Allen, and he he, he started four games last year. So, um, yeah, that's, that's their biggest issue, I think, right now. And, and obviously, I think their quarterback situation this upcoming season is not ideal either. So, 
Uh, I know Kirby's going to touch on that, but another, th- you know, a thing about their offense, I think they have going for them is, is, you know, the, the great play of Logan Thomas, you know, former quarterback converted yes. to tight end, had a fantastic season last year. Um, uh, he had, Oh my God, I can't even read this. He deserved that extension by the way. Yeah. He yeah, man. Six it. hands down six receiving touchdowns last year for, for Logan Thomas. And he also threw a pass. Yeah, one for one. Can I throw out that pretty pass damn good was QBR. against Dallas on Thanksgiving? Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> cool. I think they. I think they have a. You know, I. I think they have a couple pieces on offense. I. I think their defense to me, Terry. Terry McLaurin, obviously, pretty pretty damn good player, but. Mm-hmm. Was was kind of you know they they I think they they overused them last year way too much because they they didn't really have anybody the, else. To be honest, I mean it was yeah. just him and you know Logan Thomas. That was it. Yeah, pretty much. That's really all I have. I I think I think the offense. There's a lot of question marks, and obviously that still stands. And the running game, I mean, was atrocious last year. So that's that's got to get a lot better this year if they're gonna if they're gonna win this division again. And you know that that offensive line is. You know, should can't get much worse. You know, I don't know. I think, I think the defense is going to be just as good as is is advertised as they were last year. But you know, I think the offense. I just think there's a lot of question marks, and and rightfully so. I think they have a lot of things to address, um, and and prove that you know they have improved that offense because 25th in the league is not going to cut it, and it's it's not going to win this division again. I think this division is going to be. It, it needs to be a lot better, but I, I, I think it will be naturally, uh, you, you know, there was just a lot of inconsistency last year. So I, I, <laughs> I think mean, it's going to be better. You can't get any worse than when you're a division, you know, than a piece of shit. So <laughs> this whole well, division a, was a piece of shit. When a team with a losing year. record makes the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's a dark day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, and for Kirby, it's a, it's a big deal because they still want a division with a losing record. And they, the, uh, the, and they almost beat Tampa Bay. He never let us live that day. They did. They they did give Tampa Bay a run for their money. Yeah, I mean they oh. they, they absolutely did. Almost only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. So yes, that is true. doesn't doesn't count in football. But yeah, I mean that's all I have. I I think the defense is going to be fantastic again this year. Um, I'm excited to see what what Ron Rivera is able to do. Um, once again as head coach, I I, I think he's a great coach. Um. He's got a lot to work with on the defensive side, which, you know, him, him himself being a linebacker uh, in, in the National Football League must make him smile. Um, it's the offense, I think, that has, again, has a ton of questions, um, a lot of issues that I think they need, they need to, um, you know, that they've, they've had to work on in the offseason. And we'll see, you know, what they're able to accomplish this upcoming season. So I guess I'll go real quick because I'll make my comments real brief. You know, that way Kirby can go on his long rant as to why the Washington football team is the greatest team in the NFL. 14-3. Shit. Um, <laughs> so real quick, obviously, we do have to give our props to the, you know, to the Washington football team last season because they did win the division. Um, and they wanted it in exciting fashion to be completely honest, because, you know, obviously beating the Steelers and then just making that run. And then the last week of the season, who did they, you know, well, the Eagles kind of threw in the towel at the end, but I mean, they won the division. Um, and 
obviously the Giants being pissed about that was hilarious, but we'll get to the Giants later. And then Dan's um, <laughs> rant on Joe Judge and the Giants, that was hilarious too. Oh, yeah. Dan's got his legendary rants, man. I completely forgot about that rant, man. Oh, man, that rant was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it was basically a, gr- a grow up, what the hell are you doing sort of rant, if I, if I, if I recall I mean, correctly. It was one of the greatest rants of all time. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, you know, obviously the big thing that emerged last season was the potential and promise that this defense showed. That's that's where the strength of this team really is right now is in that defense. It's, it's more specifically the defensive line. Obviously, we get yep. Chase Young, Marcus Sweat. Is it Marcus or Montez? Montez. 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 That's what I thought. Montez Sweat. Um, you know, they just – they're just menaces. Like, they, they, they're they just in your face all the time. I mean, and to Dan's point, like, they gave Tampa Bay a run for their money, you know. Um, so, now that brings us to this season. Obviously, the Dwayne Haskins experiment, Kirby's favorite quarterback – um failed but he's still rooting for him um <laughs> go Steelers uh, yeah he's still rooting for him uh the obviously Alex Smith has retired because uh, he he could barely move last season you know yeah it was sad he, he 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 got this team to a point where they could win the division and then they took it from there um and then obviously now you're stuck you know Kyle Allen obviously got hurt last season and is a Ron Rivera guy. There. Nasty leg whip. Yeah. 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 So, so he, and you know, he is Ron Rivera's guy. So he's got a running to become the starter this year. We don't know yet. I mean, and then here's where I, you know, obviously I was saying Washington should have drafted Kyle Trask, at least in the second round. I thought that they should have got him Anyone. and had him be the future quarterback. I thought that would have been a solid pick. Yeah. Um, that was dumb. You know, uh, but, you know, and obviously we know who Kirby's thoughts. Kirby was totally against it. He was like, they haven't shown that they can develop a young quarterback. <laughs> They've never been able to develop a young quarterback. That 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 much is obvious. But also, they haven't been able to sign old. They haven't been able to sign old geezers and make them good quarterbacks either. So, you well, know, the problem is, your is you're not going to really get a high profile quarterback like a Tom Brady to come to Washington. No, no. You know, the there's, team with no, no name with the <laughs> shitty facilities. I mean, goddamn, I was so underwhelmed when I drove by that. I was like, really? That's it? That's it? Well, uh, okay, so you just drove either. by their facility and you made that analogy just by driving by. No, 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 no. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm correlating the He's fact that they the couldn't Cowboys, even get. So of course, let, let, let's be, be honest. You poor. go to a team. You, you, you're okay. Let's let's say for instance, uh, let's throw when Peyton Manning was a free agent, right? And he took his tours of of team facilities and stuff like that, visiting teams and stuff like that. Let's say he goes. Okay, he goes to the Cowboys and to Washington. Which one is going to impress him more? I'd probably say we Dallas, all, though. We all know. I mean, Dallas has the, exactly. Dallas has the most money of but, any but, team by but far. But still, why are you trying? Okay, but Washington, Washington, but Washington is facility. the fifth most profitable franchise. Yeah, it's but it's Dan Snyder just pocketing the money. We all know. Yes, That's what I'm saying you guys yes. have the most income. Okay, you have an incompetent owner. I mean, there's so many reasons why your team stinks. Okay, a you got signed Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is a. <laughs> 
lower mid tier quarterback. I, I just at best? don't understand why you're trashing their practice facility because oh, the facilities provide. Because Kirby, I could literally drive in there. Like there was no like like it, it seems like there's no security gate. There's no little big thing being like this is where the Redskins pretty much Redskins. Sorry, Washington football team. Um, <laughs> this is where they you know practice. practice. This is where they are. Yeah. Again, when you watch the Hard Knock episodes and you see what the Cowboys did with their facility, it is extraordinary what they did. And then there's the Washington football team. It's literally a high school practice field, essentially. That's what it is. It's nothing. It's nothing. This oh. franchise <laughs> is mediocre. It it upsets me. No. But back to my but it, but 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 enough of me trashing it because you know I'm a. Oh, by the way, your stadium stinks too. I yeah, hate FedEx. FedEx. I can FedEx agree passion. with that. FedEx Field's a dump. They, I the fans. I have that FedEx. The fans field, deserve so much better. Honestly. So much better. And I have seen the mock-ups Wait, what do you, of like what do you uh, say uh, there, the stadiums. Dan? Repeat that, Dan. The fans, the fans deserve, deserve so much better. Yeah. Uh, uh, yes. FedEx Field. I, I, there needs to be an upgrade. I'm not sure it stink. if no, it's it, going to happen. They need to move out happen, of FedEx Field. They need to move out of FedEx Field. They have mocked. They, they, there have I been proposals for I just said they needed an upgrade. Okay. <laughs> they should chill out. They should. They should uh, put I'm the stadium closer to oh, okay, DC cool. too, and, and and make it easier to get to because that stadium is a pain in the ass to get to. It's literally <laughs> that, in the middle of nowhere. It, it's it's the worst stadium. Like like they still have seating that's under the upper deck, which <laughs> is the worst place to sit. Like they have yeah, seats behind columns. Like, yeah. what are we doing here? Um, Get a ticket right behind the column. <laughs> I, I saw oh, it. Like, like, I, like last time I was there, I saw it. I was like, "Why the fuck is there a seat behind a column? Like, how does this make sense?" Um. Furthermore, <laughs> I mean, I've seen mock-ups of stadiums that like they've proposed and stuff that would be like at like the National Harbor or whatever. That'd be it looks pretty cool. I would yeah, like. Be I'd be like, "Yo, that is dope." What are we? National Harbor doing? is easier to get to. Also, yeah. So it would be easier to get they, out of too. <laughs> they said no. They said no. Mm-hmm. They said no to it. Well, you know the. Um, this is a fun fact. The original or the owner that w- who was owned the team when they built that stadium was um. Uh, what was the guy's name? Jack he actually Cook. Yeah, the town didn't have a name, and he named it after his son. They ended up changing the name to Landover or whatever later on, but it was called, mm-hmm. like, um, I, I forget the name of the – it was, like, called Rajan, Maryland, which was, like, his son's – it was, like, his name and his son's – it was some weird shit, but the town didn't have a name. It wasn't a real place, so he named he named it after, like, he and his son, and then they changed it to Landover, which – it's, it's totally a Washington owner thing to do. So <laughs> it's the no, fans deserve better. Thing. I mean, the fans just in, in general, the like Dan Snyder treats the fans like shit. Like the stadium is terrible. It's in a terrible location. The fans come out to games still and like and in pretty impressive numbers, I have to say, for a team that really hasn't done much and like for an owner that doesn't care about the team. I, I think the, the the fans deserve a lot better. So I, you know, here's the thing that upsets me most about that is we see, we've seen it. We saw it with the capitals. We saw it with the nationals. We, we see when the team is successful, we see how crazy the fan base is here. Like, yeah. like locally. In this area, uh-huh. yeah, and, and like, that's and ultimately, I mean, Washington, they're insufferable, but they deserve better. Yeah. I mean, we see, we know that they, that if they would put out just a successful product, they would accommodate the fans better and stuff like that. 
like it, it would be one of the best fan bases, one of the best places to, you know, to experience a game to, to, you know, to, to play for like, like to play for the team because you know, the fan base will be so passionate and so supportive yeah. of you. And, and for some reason, Dan Snyder doesn't want to invest in that. Now, obviously he's not even controlling the team right now because, yeah, you know, he's given it to his wife, but I mean, to, 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 to put my thoughts to, to, uh, to bed basically and to let Kirby take on and go on his, you know, rant as to why Washington's going to win the Super Bowl this year, um, <laughs> which they're not, but, you know, we'll let him live in that fantasy. Um, you know, what, the thing that concerns me most about this team is A, is their, their unwillingness to, you know, really take the vaccine. A lot of players aren't, you know, vaccinated. And it's concerning to Ron Rivera because obviously he's a former cancer patient. You know, he's a cancer survivor. So, you know, and even that plea didn't seem to really work. Him saying like, hey, like, you know, like if I could get seriously sick, if like, you know, I catch it, you know, that that concerns me. Uh, The other thing is, is, again, we don't the instability at quarterback right now. Like, yeah, you guys signed Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ooh, that was a sexy signing, I guess. (laughs) <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, Taylor Heineke, okay. He had one good game against Tampa Bay, but is he really a starter? This was He's a guy who wasn't even though. on. Yeah. He, he, what was he? The COVID quarterback for this team for a while. Yeah. Um, he wasn't even on the roster. You know, Kyle Allen. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Washington Kyle Allen, had a COVID quarterback. Yeah. After the whole thing that happened with Denver. Um, but yeah, you know, Kyle Allen, we've seen what he can do. He's not, he's not a guy that's going to take you to a Super Bowl. You know, to me, ultimately, what's going to happen is you guys are going to ultimately have to draft a quarterback. It's going to have to happen because you guys aren't bringing a free agent, you know, a big name free agent. They're not coming to Washington with these with the shitty facilities and the terrible stadium and crappy ownership and no name, no team name. <laughs> they that would I think that would help them a lot is finally. Well, the, what was it next year? Next year it's happening. Yeah, let's let's hope. Let and let let's hope it's a good name too. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean they're going to that defense is going to keep them in games this season. I believe yeah. that wholeheartedly. Same as I'm last just year. worried about the offense because like like Dan said to Dan's point, the running game wasn't there last season. Now, uh who's come, who got injured last year that's coming back this year? Yeah, was it Barber or Gibson? Which one of those guys? Come on, Kirby. Ooh, Bar- yeah, Gibson played. It was Barber. Yeah, Barber got, got uh, Barber got injured. Wasn't and he the kid from LSU or something like that? I believe so. It was, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, JD McKissick, I think, took most of his reps. Also, who the hell is that? From, that the, is. from the Lions? Oh no, I remember. I remember. Who oh, he is. Remember okay. Who he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember who he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he was a great running back there, wasn't he? Hey, isn't Alfred Morris available again? Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, he he made He was good team. for a year. He was good. He was good for Washington. Yeah. He was good. Yeah. Um yeah, I've but but to to wrap this up in a bow, uh the defense is going to keep them in games. The offense is going to be their detriment this yeah. season. I think that they will at least I think they were they're going to at least finish above I mean you kind of have to finish above 500. They're at least going to be a it's 10 impossible and seven, to finish nine, 500. Yeah. 
you can yeah, finish that's above a, that's or a below. Shame. I missed that they, already. They can't do Jason Garrett things anymore. You know, <laughs> they can't go eight and eight every year and, and, and somehow be the coach, you know, for 10 years. That's <laughs> amazing. So, uh, so, yeah. So long story short, I mean, Washington. Um, the sorry. question there, there are a lot of question marks in this division. So, like, I can't necessarily say they're not going to win the division because they can very much win the division again. But I would say that their that their chances of repeating are are not high. <laughs> well, I'd say like 30%, 30, 35% that they that they repeat again, honestly. Maybe, maybe a little higher. Maybe the top end's a little higher, maybe 45%. But yeah, with that being this, said, this division is just is strange to say the least. So all right, Kirby. You never know. Rant Release time. The hounds. Release the hounds. I would say 40 to 45% this Washington football team makes it back to the playoffs. Um, Yes, their defense improved last year, and I don't think they will skip a step um, from last year to this year. And I will agree that the quarterback situation is not the best, but you have Kyle Allen, Taylor Heineke, and Ryan Fitzpatrick. It, it, I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick, a guy that has been in this league for Lord knows how long, he has so much experience that he can give these younger quarterbacks. I mean, who knows how they will translate it if they will go out and tear it up for Washington in years past that has not worked, but uh, I mean, where to start with this? I I feel like Fitzpatrick being in Washington helps learning wise. And I mean, playing wise still after seeing in Miami, that whole quarterback switcheroo and stuff, Looking at Washington, can Ryan Fitzpatrick go out and be successful? He can. Will it happen? I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. The quarterback room is going to be very unique. In Taylor Heineke, I mean, if Ron thinks he's the best look for this Washington football team, he only played in the wild card and they only lost by eight to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the wild card. You look at Kyle Allen. He had a few good games before he got injured. I, I will go out and say if, because I'm assuming as we're recording that Fitzpatrick will eventually get the starting now. And if he doesn't work out, I feel like Ron's going to get a Kyle Allen because Kyle Allen played with Ron Rivera in Carolina. And I I feel like I'm going to say this again. I feel like this quarterback room is very iffy. Um, and can Fitzpatrick ride out a whole season or is it going to be another quarterback carousel in some way, shape or form, but I'm hoping that's not the case, but still, there's a lot of uncertainty that I cannot say for sure. 
the offensive line, I mean, I hate, I hate giving analysis after watching preseason games, but I feel like the offensive line needs to improve a little bit more to protect Fitzpatrick or whoever will be under center for the Washington football team. I feel like that's a key. You got to protect the quarterback. Um, the running backs, I must say, watching preseason, seeing Jarrett Patterson play, he looked pretty darn good. But once again, that's just preseason, folks. I'm not putting too much stock into anything I see during the preseason. We're just going to have to wait and see what happens in the regular season. Um, but, I mean, you look at the defense, and I'm going to agree with Carlos here. The defense looks great, and they're really going to help Washington out. And the offense just has to step up. And I do like the weapons that are there at wide receiver. They picked up Diami Brown, uh, wide receiver from North Carolina. They signed Logan Thomas to an extension. They have Terry McLaurin out there. They signed Curtis Samuel. I think he's on the PUP or COVID list for some reason, but I, I, I think he should be back by the time the season starts. So they have added weapons, but still it comes down to consistency at the quarterback position. And I feel like it's going to be a 45% chance this Washington football team repeats as division champions and makes it into the playoffs. Can they make it into the playoffs squeaking in? I give that a 50 to 45, maybe 30% chance, but I, I really do feel like this NFC East will change a little bit, but still it it's going to be anybody's game in this NFC East division, in my opinion. Agreed. I mean, there's not much left to say after that. Yeah, that was that was a great analysis. Yeah, I, I, almost I, like they're your favorite team or something. <laughs> you <would> guess. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, honestly and truthfully, I I mean, looking at this Washington football team, they can easily go out and dominate. But once again, it's the Washington football team. And who are they dominating? The the the, the, High School? the Jets? No, 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 you're not understanding what I'm saying. They could easily go out. What's, wait, what's not to understand about domination? I'm saying this team, everybody might think they're gonna go out and tear it up, but at the same time, the, there's some, there's people like me, realists. Josh who, Kirby. I, I, I don't think that's gonna happen. Explain the your point though. I'm I'm still a little lost. Yeah, like we, most of the we fans, cut you off. Sorry about that. So like most of the fans, um, as per usual, <laughs> they, I I think after last season we got really hyped that we won the division, and um, I feel like fans are riding another high, which I used to do, and going into the season like, oh, Washington's gonna tear it up, win the Super Bowl, we're going all the way. I'm not thinking like that. I, I mean, I, I mean, this team, it, it's just going to be a weird season. 
it's going to be very weird. I know why you're not thinking like that. It's because we won't let you think like that. No, it's not that. It's just a weird season. It's not realistic. Yeah, it's it's it, not realistic. It's not I mean, realistic it's same, whatsoever. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get to my Cowboys, but it's the same thing with my Cowboys. You know, and some of the fan base is just too unrealistic with our expectations and they think that we're going to win the super bowl this year i'm like i don't don't, we'll we'll get to the cowboys but Uh, i mean this division hands down it's going to be a very weird division yet again can we all agree see yeah definitely Mm, possibly we'll see all right let's move on to the giants this giants team i got nothing (laughs) i picked I think my rant still stands. I mean, I picked before. I mean, the Giants beat the Washington football team twice. They looked like a very (laughs) successful team. I mean, that's such a huge, you know, accomplishment. (laughs) In my opinion, I saw the Giants going out and looking pretty good. Still, Daniel Jones got injured. But still, I thought this Giants team was going to make pushes to make it to first place in the NFC East, but you hear all this stuff about the players not backing Joe judge fights at practice, all this and all that. And I feel like what's this giants team going to look like now? I mean, you start with Daniel Jones. Like he was, he was the wrong pick from the beginning. I was, first of all, he was taken way too high in that draft. Second of all, he never should have been drafted. I, I, outside of like above like the fifth round like you know he, he to me he Duke, wasn't that, right yeah he wasn't that great he's another Mitchell Trubisky. he they, they played three miles down the road from each yeah, other yeah <laughs> he wasn't that great in college and he I, I don't even think he was as good as Mitchell Trubisky to be honest um Duke had a couple moments but it's Duke it, they're not known for their football <laughs> so no. I I think that's been their issue since the beginning and um yeah, Joe Judge to me, I just don't, I just don't see him lasting much longer there. I, I think he could honestly be gone by midseason if if things start bad for the Giants, which honestly they could. I think I, I see the Giants and Eagles in a similar position in this division this year, where they're kind of fighting for the bottom. I think. Yeah. So, I think, um, but I think one I don't, thing I don't have getting... a lot to add. You know, I, I think, I think they, you know, their defense is average. I, I but you know, they're not gonna. You know, they're not going to just win with your defense. You have to have consistency on the offensive side of the ball, too. So, I don't know. I just – I don't I don't have a lot of confidence in them this year. Um, but, again, this division's odd. And, you know, these teams are going to beat up on each other. And, you know, they could they could pull off some upset wins. I'm, I'm not going to put that past them. But, um, yeah, I, I just I, – I don't, I don't have a ton to say about the Giants. I, I just – I think they're going to be underwhelming is the, uh, is the key phrase for me uh, for them this year. But what about yeah. all this drama, though? Do you know any more about this drama than I do? Because I, I know, like, a lot of drama I practice and Joe Judge and whatnot, and that, that's a big thing when it comes Well, there was to the a- whole thing with Calvin Benjamin. He got cut, and he was mad that he got cut and said that Joe Judge wasn't the right guy for that team. But then a bunch of them actually came out in support of Joe Judge on Twitter, um, saying that, you know, that he doesn't know what he's talking about, that, you know, it wasn't their fault that he came in, like, 15 pounds overweight you know right you can't you can't have that <laughs> yeah like at the end Coming of the day calvin benjamin just wasn't a, wow. just wasn't a professional and didn't come you know they wanted him at a certain weight coming into camp and he didn't come in at that weight uh so they had to cut him um uh the other thing was obviously there was a huge fight at practice and 
you know, Daniel Jones ended up at the bottom of the pile. Yeah. And, terrible. Uh, terrible. Look. You know, Joe Judge was pissed and, you know, had them doing like running, doing, doing like suicides basically for the rest of practice. And then like screaming at them afterwards. I don't know. I mean, like this team just dysfunction. It's it's not it's not too dis you know, we've heard crazier stories than that. You know, uh, I just feel like this team just doesn't have the right identity. And I feel like I agree with you, Dan. I feel like the problem was they should not have drafted Daniel Jones. I mean, who was up? I, I mean, who was in that draft that year? Um uh, Wasn't that the I, same year Dwayne Haskins got drafted? Yeah, it was. Well, they it was could have picked Dwayne Haskins. Did it was funny because one of my Haskins? friends, one of my friends, is a Giants fan, and my other friend was like, "Man, it would be hilarious if like they drafted Daniel Jones, like just screwing around." And then, pff, sure enough, they take Daniel Jones. I, I think that was their first round choice. So yeah, it, just, it was, but it was just annoying because, like, to me, like they could have. I mean, I don't even really remember who all else was left in that draft, to be honest. Uh, I'm it wasn't a very deep up. quarterback draft from what I remember. It was, yeah, it was one of those one years of the, where it was a down year. Ones. Yeah, it was it was a down year for, for quarterbacks. Well, I'll, yeah. I, can, I can look that up real quick. I mean, yeah, I mean, it just hurts your head talking about all these teams because of how bad this whole division was last year. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Even my Washington football team, I, I, it just hurts my head because it's like, yeah. who knows how? I mean, can we even make a prediction at this point who will win this division? I mean, we got to get through the rest of the division, but yeah, you know, um, I, I feel like, I feel like I mean, it's I'm looking be at the very... quarterbacks that were taken that that year. It's not. I mean, Kyler Murray was the first round pick, right? Uh, right. You had Kyler Murray. Daniel Jones was the second quarterback. Uh, then you had you could have uh, picked Dwayne, Dwayne Haskins. Haskins. What, what what if the Giants picked wow. Dwayne Haskins? This might be a different story, but I mean, probably not. But you know, again, I know you're supportive of your guy. Hey, thank thanks. Uh, Drew Locke was taken in the second round. Um. I mean, I, yeah, there was only 11 quarterbacks taken in this draft. And I don't really see any like names that like really stand out to me. Uh, you had a Will Greer. Yeah. Will Greer, pick. Carolina. Ryan Finley. Uh, yeah. Ryan Finley. Like, Jared, Jared, Jared Stenham. Yeah. He worked out well. Yeah. There was not really a lot of quarterbacks. So like to me, like they just should have just moved on. But I mean, the thing was, is I think Eli Manning put like the recommendation in for Daniel Jones because Daniel Jones well, was like a big he looks part. Like, of, like he looks camp. like Eli Manning too. They so look alike. Like the perfect... They play alike. Yeah. And the thing yeah. is, is that oh, well, Daniel Jones is a little more mobile than Eli Manning was, but and but he's he's goofy mobile where he trips on himself when he's got nobody around. <laughs> <laughs> I was like just about to run. say that too. <laughs> oh my God, he, nothing but I just feel grass. like he was the wrong pick. I just feel yeah. like he was the wrong pick. I don't really have a lot of faith, but they are getting Saquon Barkley back who everybody keeps that. touting as a generational talent. I don't really see him as a generational. I see him as a good running back, but I don't think, you know, I think him and Zeke are about at the same level. Like when Zeke plays at a high level, you know, I think him and Saquon are about equal. Um, but he's coming off of a knee injury and it's been less than, cause he got hurt like week two. 
Very so it's been less on. than a year. So who knows how healthy he really is, you know, because they always say like, you know, that first year back after you tear your knee or your knee up, like it's you're, you're, you're not fully back until your second year. So we don't know how right. healthy Saquon's going to be. You know, there's, they don't really have a, a, a ton of offensive weapons to throw to really. I mean, I think they got what Sterling Shepard still, I think he's like their number one. I think they got, um, I mean, just they, there's just nobody that really stands out in my opinion. I agree. I, I agree. I um, feel like the giants need to add more weapons or do something um, before free agency, um, the trade deadline ends or um, whatever they might do. I feel like, I mean, like you said, Carlos, nobody stands out. And I mean, there's not much I mean, Evan Ingram, I guess, right. you know, they, they also signed Kyle Rudolph. So like, there's two good tight ends right there, I guess you could say, but I mean, ultimately this team just, they don't have that difference maker is what I'm trying to say. Like that guy yes. who's, who, who can single-handedly switch games. Um, so to me, I think, I think we can, we're all in agreement, you know, uh, you said the Eagles and the Giants are. I think the Eagles are in a lesser are in a lesser spot than the Giants, in my opinion. I can, I can agree with that too. But it's, you know, we'll get to them. I guess it's it's close to me. I don't know. They 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 seem like a mess too. I mean, they're they're a little more. Um, they have a more talent for sure. But I I still think they're a mess of an organization. But yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get to them. Fair enough. All right. But, yeah, I mean, I don't got much left to say about the Giants. That's about it. They're, I don't think they're going to win the division. They're they're no giant, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. L- let's move on to the six and ten Dallas Cowboys last season. Carlos. Carlos, first and foremost, I need to know what what's the deal. There's so many different stories about Dak Prescott. Not healthy. He to go well, you just one? have to watch Hard Knocks. You just have to watch Hard Knocks. You'll get all your answers there because he's he's a main part of Hard Knocks. So, like all these stories, like you you'll see what Dak is doing. So, is he good to go? He's they're just they're they're keeping him out out of you know just precaution. You know, not worry, nothing like that. It's precaution. They just you know they they want him to be healthy for the start of the season, and they don't want to accidentally push his shoulder and uh, re-injure it or hurt it even more than what it possibly is. He's going to play hurt this season, basically, it seems like, you know, but they just want to mit- mitigate it and not aggravate it to start the season and possibly lose him at some point in the season. It doesn't seem, it seems like it's just a strain in his shoulder. That's all it is. And they're just letting him, you know, they got him on it. Well, now the story came out. He's not on a pitch count, um, but, you know, basically they're just, they just don't feel like it's worth the risk to play him in the preseason at all. And, but he'll be ready for week one. So, okay. That that's what I was wondering because I heard something about a week or two ago, there might be a chance that he might not be ready. And I'm like, nah, he'll be ready for week. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I just wanted to clear that up. So my thoughts on Dallas, obviously Dak Prescott goes out a gruesome injury. Their defense was one of the worst and Dallas fixes that by picking up Micah Parsons from Penn state. Yeah, Micah Parsons. He's pretty darn good. Yeah. Dak- but it's, 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 it's hard to gauge whether that's going to, that's going to make their defense. Well, yeah, it's still, I mean, the, their defense has improved, 
by way of the, the draft year. and free agency, in my opinion. I feel like if Dak Prescott can stay healthy and this defense improves a lot, Dallas is going to make a big stride for first place. Wow, it's a bold prediction. I, 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 I could I could see that. I, I, I honestly could see that. I don't disagree. Um, and it, it, again, it, it goes back to Zeke too. Like, what Zeke are we going to see? Because last year, like we talked about this, like yeah, that's true. He was, I forgot to mention. He that. was definitely something wasn't right with him, and like he was just like he was going down at first contact. So like something was up with him last year. So maybe hopefully this season he can you know put the doubters to rest because people kind of said last year like yeah this is just who he is. He's not. He was like a a two-year, you know, trick pony, I guess you'd say. I don't know. And, you know, after that, it was just kind of like he's kind of a bust. So I think this is going to be a big year for Zeke. Like, you know, he he needs to show that he's back. And, and you know, um, I'm not saying he has to lead the NFL in rushing, but he has to do a hell of a lot better than he did last year. He, he was – he had one of the lowest, you know, yard per carry numbers last year. So – and and compared to how he, how we expect him to play, it's just not going to cut it. That's gonna that's gonna help Dak out a lot too. If they can run the football effectively, they won't have to you know put the ball in Dak's hands all or you know all the time. So I, I think that's a big thing too, especially with him coming off an injury. You don't want him to be throwing it forty to forty five times a game. It's just not ideal. So it's it's just going to depend on the situation. I think I think their offense is interesting to me, and yeah, the the defense is is kind of uh, a mess. For sure. So um, I, I, I think they're going to be better this year. Um, but I, I, I do think Dallas has the most talent by far in this division. And they're they, you know, they're the team that's, you know, that's shown more recently that they can have success in, in, in you know, in this division. As a no, no offense to fan, Washington, as a Washington fan, full offense to Washington, full offense. Uh, <laughs> as a Washington fan. I am scared if Dallas's defense is on paper what they are going to do on the field because Micah Parsons, I mean, I watched him play at Penn State. Pretty good. I don't know how that's going to translate, but still, they have the talent there, and that scares me as a Washington fan. And they're and they're but they look good, and they needed help in the defensive backs, you know, badly. So that was that was a big need as well. So. Yeah, I think they're the most simply the most talented team in this division. I, I still think they have a lot of questions. Um, obviously, but not every, as many. Not not as many as any other team in this division. Mm-hmm. I don't think. I mean, they got some big question marks. Um, Let's hear it, Carlos. All right, Carlos, All right, take I it guess, away. I, I, I guess we're we're. I mean, all right. So to. Oh man, now I know where curve is. Like, where do I start here? Let's just start with Dak because obviously he's the big story. You know, obviously he's coming off of that traumatic injury, you know, basically breaking his ankle completely. Um, you know, he was playing at a very high level last year and we were still losing, but he was still playing lights out. But I mean, that was mostly a tri- uh, you know, attributed to the defense. You know, my fear with Dak is who knows how, we don't like we said he hasn't played at all this preseason, so we don't know how he's gonna, you know, come out looking week one. And week one we have Tampa Bay, and they have a mean defensive front as it is, you know. So 
I'm nervous about that. The offensive line was banged up a lot last season. Um, they're they're all relatively healthy. We we all should be good to go um, this season. So hopefully that helps. I think that was also a thing that was hurting Ezekiel Elliott was the fact that you know when he in his and his best years was when we had, you know, that all-star lineup with, you know, Travis Frederick, Zach Martin, you know, Tyron Smith, you know, we, we had like, it was like those three guys, you know, obviously Jason Witten was good, good at helping, you know, on the line also to open up holes, you know, and obviously, you know, you had, we had weapons with Des Bryant and, you know, all that stuff. That was a great team. Uh, and it was a great yeah. team. And then those were on Zeke's best. You know, that was like on one of his best years. Um, my concern is still with the defense. I feel like, yeah, Micah Parsons, Parsons was a great pick, but it didn't help. You know, obviously who Dallas really needed to get was Patrick Sertan out of Alabama because we need to help, you know, in the, you know, with the defensive backfield, you know, we don't have, a lot, you know, obviously we lost Byron Jones. We've lost, um, I feel, who did we lose this past season? We lost another cornerback this past season. And now basically we're going with, uh, Diggs as our number one, basically. Um, and then another thing is, is, I mean, off, but like, well, we had a horrible scheme last year, basically, you know, we had, we went from Rob, Rob Rod is it Rob or Rod Marinelli? Rod Marinelli. Marinelli. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went from his defensive scheme where he runs like the Tampa two or whatever, into this, yeah, into this weird. I don't even know what the hell they were trying to run, but like basically, like everybody was like out of position, you know, uh, with whoever the hell I can't even remember who it was that Mike McCarthy brought in. And there's question marks, question marks on Mike McCarthy too. Like you know, he's only won one Super Bowl ever. And then ever since then, like, you know, it's he, he, he's gotten close, but he could never get over the hump either. And, yeah, he beat Dallas uh, multiple times. But, I mean, I would really put that more on Aaron Rodgers than Mike McCarthy. Um, the other thing is, uh, I mean, to Dan's point about the talent is, yeah, Dallas has the most talent, but we've always had the most talent in the division. It doesn't necessarily always translate. True. Dallas always is always feels like we're stacked. And every year everybody goes, this could be the year. I mean, goddamn, AJ Hawk last year on Pat McAfee's show picked Dallas to to win the Super Bowl. And it just didn't happen. Like we have all the pieces we need. It's just we need a guy to to unlock their abilities. Now, obviously, offensively, we're stacked. You got Dak at quarterback, Ezekiel Elliott at running back, a pretty decent offensive line. It's not as great as it you as it has been, but it's pretty decent. You got, you know, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and then of course CD Lamb, Lamb who yeah. is looking fantastic in camp this year. Um, and you know, is is really, you know, you you see it in hard knocks. He's he's really learning a lot of things from um amari cooper and obviously we know how good amari cooper is so i I feel like you know pieces are there the pieces are there quite simply yeah the pieces are there i mean tight end um i think we're going back to blake jarwin because he just can do things that um that the other tight ends we have on the roster can't um i don't know like 
to me, success for this team this year will be a making the playoffs and, you know, winning a playoff game. And, but I mean, obviously where this team needs to eventually get to is we need to start getting to at least the conference championship because we can make the divisional round all we want. We've done that already. We haven't been to a conference championship since the nineties. You know, we need to at least get there and then we can start thinking about a Super Bowl. Right now, a Super Bowl is unrealistic, but I think if this team pans out and I think getting Dan Quinn to be our defensive coordinator was a huge get for Dallas because obviously he was the guy who really orchestrated um, Seattle's, you know, defense, you know, during the Legion of Boom. Um, You know, I feel like if he can if he can at least get this, you know, get this defense to be competent at least, you know, and the offense does what the offense does. Dallas will at least be 11 and six, you know, 12 and five is where I'm putting them at. If everything, you know, works out because we obviously have a lot of tough opponents on our schedule this year, starting off with Tampa Bay. Um, So, and obviously we'll get wins obviously over the Eagles. I feel like we're going to beat the giants. I feel like Washington will pose some problems, um, especially with their defense. But ultimately I feel like if our defense just plays competent, we should be able to handle Washington's offense. Um, so I think Dallas is definitely the favorite to win the division, but there are a lot of question marks on this team that will be answered very soon. So, I mean, that's about all I got. And now uh, I'm like I'm like Kirby with with Dallas. I'm 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 a realist. I I know for sure like we're not ready to win a Super Bowl yet. We still got some growing to do as a team. Um and we just need to start at least making the playoffs first and cons- playing cons- great consistent football before we can even think about making a run for the Lombardi. Yeah, I, I bet you all thought I was going to say the Washington football team would make it to the Super Bowl. No, but I wouldn't put it past you. Yes. That was old Kirby, for sure. Old Kirby would have yelled that for sure. You got to be real here on these sports podcasts. It's like you got to give the listeners your honest opinion. And oh, I think we stop, projected stop that a lot well. of people in sports media. Yeah. Is there really much we have to say about artists. the Eagles? We all think they're going to suck, right? Do we really have to break down the Eagles? Who is Nick Sirianni? I mean, Where was I, he I've never heard of the guy. I don't know where he came from. I, he came Wasn't from he already Indy. Coordinated on, no, I don't he know. He came from know. Indy, but I know nothing about it. Who cares? They're going to stink. Jalen Hurts. Uh, he's only been he's only been an offensive coordinator for three years too. Huh. With Indy, I, I, I've I find a lot of questions in that head coaching change to Nick Sirianni. Or is that just me? Or did you? I just think that that he was kind of like all they could really get. I don't think they could really get another coach because of just the uncertainty and turmoil that was happening in the Eagles with Doug Pete when Doug Peterson left. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it went back all the way to when the Eagles threw that game against Washington week 17. For sure, because that's when Doug Peterson definitely lost the locker room. It seemed Mm -hmm. like he had already lost the locker room a long time ago before that. But I mean, throwing away that game was huge. A game they should have won. 
Yeah. You know, uh, Jalen Hurts was pissed, you know, and I think Jalen Hurts has a lot of potential if he can pan out in the NFL. That remains to be seen. Does Joe but, Flacco I mean, play this year at all? I think I think there's a chance he plays. <laughs> I agree. Oh, too. Joe Flacco's on the Eagles. I forgot. Wow. Yeah. Is that your second favorite team now, Dan? Look, I, I always have a special place for Joe Flacco in my heart, but he won a I wanna, Super Bowl. I, you can't knock that. I want to I want to I want to see him do well anywhere he goes. I, I don't think he's going to play much and I don't think he has much left in the tank at his age. He's over the hill at this point. Oh, for sure, it's, for sure. Like like he, he's more of, he's more he of like a mentor at this point, so which yeah. is cool with me. But yeah, but yeah I'll always the, have a special Eagles, place. For I think I think we're all in agreement the Eagles are trash this year. Hey, they have Miles Sanders. Don't forget that. <laughs> hey, I mean, he's he's their best player. Hey, they drafted, but they they did draft Devonte uh, Devonte Smith, which I think is going to be interesting. It'll be very, interesting, very but we'll see how much his body develops because you know that is a that is a big concern with his with his body. He's a very skinny kid, so right. We'll see how he handles you know getting smacked you know a few times in the NFL, and you know obviously he's still kind of grown. I mean, he is kind of on the older side. He was a four year play, you know, a four year college player. It wasn't like you know, so he's like twenty two now. So I mean. How much more is his body really going to develop? We don't know, but right. Um, we'll see. I mean, I thought it was a good pick. We'll see. Well, you have Rick Lovato, who Tony Romo said was Demi Lovato's husband, which uh, I think Not that true. was Tony Romo's first year announcing. I, I still remember that. Um, <laughs> I won't, I'm pretty sure it was it was ultimately a joke, but it didn't land. Jim Jim was like, "Are you serious, uh, Tony?" Uh, <laughs> he's like, "I'm kidding. I'm kidding." Think about um, it. We got two former Dallas quarterbacks uh, on the number ones for all on uh, the number ones uh, announcing teams for two. Networks. Tony Romo's so good, man. He's just a natural. Troy's Troy okay. Aikman's pretty good too. But Troy yeah. Aikman isn't. Troy Aikman's very monotone though. Yeah, he is. He is. You know, whereas Tony Romo, you feel the enthusiasm. So he's very it, like very funny. emotional. It's funny, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman always end up on America's Game of the Week, and Fox just they're loves the number them. one team. <laughs> yeah, that's Fo- why. No, and no, Fox just loves to put the Dallas Cowboys on America's Game of the Week. They they are America's team. I mean, let's be honest; they bring the ratings. You're gonna watch a Cowboy game. Yeah, because if you love them, always or hate have them. primetime it, games. Yeah. yeah, it's just very exciting watching Dallas play at four twenty five for some reason. On America's yeah, like game of the week, I don't know. I prefer them at a. I, I'll tell you what. I hate watching them on Monday night. <laughs> I don't like watching the Cowboys on Monday I don't, night. Yeah, I don't. I, I I don't like watching Monday night football either. Yeah, me it's, either. You have to you have to get up early the next day, and like if your team's if the game's closed, your like heart's pounding, and then you can't go to sleep once the game's over. It's it's uh, not only that. ESPN's cover or like the, just their presentation of Monday night football just. Doesn't it's not feel as good as it, used to it doesn't be. feel like like Sunday night football. That always feels like a big deal. Oh, yeah. Monday night football doesn't feel like a big deal anymore. Like it kind of feels like a, a burden nowadays. Monday night football used to be a very big thing. I, well, I they mean, used you to have like they used to have look. John Madden now. Mike, no, did they have John Madden now? Michaels. Yep, they did. Night? Yeah, they did for a long for a time. That was when it was ABC. You know, they just switched Monday yeah, night. And back they moved it ABC. over to ESPN. But I think with the new TV deal, I think they're eventually going to move it back to ABC. Honestly, it wasn't it wasn't bad when Mike Tirico was there. I I, I think he's a pretty solid announcer. Yeah, I thought Mike Tirico was great. Was Obviously, him and I thought you know Gruden was very you know entertaining I liked on there. Gruden. But like 
Yeah. Ever since then, like obviously the Jason Witten thing failed completely. Oh, so Booger bad. McFarland. Oh, Booger McFarland. Boog- the Booger. Oh, Booger got no on my Tessator. freaking nerves, dude. I hated oh, Booger. Tessator was just too much. Uh, he was he, John like, McDonough. He was too bored. He said John McDonough, during. man. I like I like Sean McDonough. He's he's all right. Yeah, he my wasn't fa- too bad. My father said every time he watched Sean McDonough, it looked like he was sleeping. Who is uh who who's who's announcing it this year? Steve Levy, Lewis Riddick, and Brian Greasy. That's right, because they announced it last, last year. year. Yeah. yeah, I mean Steve Which Levy's I not like too bad. Steve pretty Levy. good. Yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah, Steve I don't Levy's have a problem with Steve Levy. But I will say, but they do have that alternate broad- broadcast going on with Monday Night Football this year with Peyton Manning and Eli Manning, which I'm very I was interested gonna mention in that. I was going to mention that. that Maybe they'll that like flip each other's ears and stuff. Just like stuff brothers do, you know. But get, be- get, guess what? Rubber guess band, what? To the, it's rubber band to the head. Hey, guess what? what? Monkey butt. No, jeez, damn. Okay, Drums. guess what? Alternate broadcasts for Fox. Um, it, it, like not every week play by play, but Gus Johnson is coming back. I yeah, I saw that. I, I saw love that. Gus, Gus Johnson's a great time. The, yeah, he's, he's fun. Gus, it's like it's like you make a simple touchdown catch, and he takes it all the way to the top. Listen, I when, love it. Man. When Fox, when Fox Sports used to have uh soccer rights to certain leagues and certain competitions. They try to bring Gus Johnson over to announce some of those games. Um, it was a great time when he did, but a lot of soccer fans ended up hating him for some reason. I loved him. I thought he brought this energy to, to the game that like a lot of English announcers don't. Right. You know, because a lot of them, it's so boring and monotone. I fall asleep sometimes when I listen to them. That's why I like to watch the Spanish broadcast more. Because A, I understand, and B, they're just more enthusiastic. And it was something that Gus Johnson brought to the game. Like, I mean, and then obviously with his football calls, he's got some legendary football calls. And even basketball, he's got legendary basketball yeah. calls. Like, he's just a great, great announcer. I was just going to say about the Eagles real quick, um, about their defense. I mean, they don't really have any names that stand out on this defense, really, except for really Fletcher Cox, who's been like a mainstay on this team. Um, and of course they have has he been on the team. <laughs> uh, he's, oh he's, in, he's, he's a nine year pro and I'm pretty sure he's spent every year with the Eagles. So, um, he's pretty solid. Uh, I'll give, I'll give them that. Um, and then they have Josh's former boy, Ryan Kerrigan on that defense. Ooh, traitor. I remember that. <laughs> it hurts Kirby so bad. Well, I really don't traitor. see anything else with this team. I really don't. Um, I mean, Jake, I will say Jake Elliott's a pretty going good to a worse team now. So I'm not really too concerned unless the Eagles win the division. They're not. They they don't have anybody on their roster. That and in that case, out. sorry, Ryan Kerrigan, you should have stayed. Travis Fulgham. But there's not much else to say about the Eagles. I don't, I, I yeah, don't have anything think. to say. They're not. They're not. They're not an impressive team on paper. They're. They're gonna finish last in this division. That's really what I think. Yeah, the Eagles so. stink. That just to tie it on a boat, they stink. <laughs> so right. I think it's, we're all in a. So, and this so, guy so who's their head coach is. He's entertaining, is but I mean, he's he's a stooge. 
Just crazy. So I, are, are we on agreement? Dallas is probably the favorite to win this division. Then Washington, Dallas, Washington, Giants, and then Giants, Eagles. and then Eagles don't even have a chance. I would say Dallas, Washington, top two, Giants, Eagles, bottom two. So basically, what I just said. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's the same order. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like he, he, he was making it seem like he was switching something up, but he just said exactly what we just said. Yeah. <laughs> like it's so profound. <laughs> But, but before we end things, I'm tired. Let, let, <laughs> let's too. just really quick before we end things, let's really quick rate our broadcast announcers from best to worst. Who do you love? Who do you hate? All right. Um, football. Somebody who slept on who I think is really good is Spiro Ditas uh, on CBS. He is, he is one of the best and he, and a lot of people don't know about him. I think he's like number three or four. Um, yeah. I don't even know who you're talking about. <laughs> Yeah, he. he I think he's really good too. Yeah, he's like three or four. Um, he, he's slept on a lot, but I think he's a pretty good announcer. Should we do? Should we do who we think the best prime time? Like, like the number ones? Like, who's the best? Well, we all know who everybody's gonna pick for that. I mean, who's who? Who? Who, who are we gonna pick for that? Are we talking about like, you know? Because I would go Al Michaels, Chris Collins were the yes, best. Yes, Al Michaels, Chris Collins. I think they make nothing beats Al Michaels bringing in the Sunday night football. That's what I'm saying. Like Sunday night football is, is so legend. special because legend. of Al Michaels, and like it just always feels like when the Super Bowl is on NBC and they're both calling it, it just feels so much bigger. I like like, I mean, it, it just it just feels so much. It just oh, and I think they used the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, because yeah. Yep. Yeah, I they think they traded so. with CBS. That's right. This guy's gonna be fun. I used to hate Chris Collinsworth, but I've 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 grown to I've grown to to get used to him. I wouldn't say I like him, but he pairs he does pair really well with Al Michaels and, and Al Michaels. Well, you know, good. it was a tough act to follow after John Madden, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. So it was Absolutely. it was really tough because like when he first came on after Madden retired, I was like, I wasn't the biggest fan of Collinsworth either. Yeah. But he grow he he's grown. He grows on. He's you. Was like Al, you know, I don't I don't know. <laughs> this guy Al. <laughs> oh man, Bill Simmons does a great impersonation of him. It's great. Yeah, man, that's, so, that's a name I haven't heard in a while. What about Drew Brees? How do how do we think he's going to do with NBC? Well, he's got his first, obviously he's going to start calling the Notre Dame games with Mike Tirico. So we'll see how that, that goes. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I have faith in Drew. Obviously, they have faith in Drew Brees. Um, you know, but yeah, so I feel like we're, we're all in agreement. Number one is probably Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth. Number two, oh. number two, I would say is probably Jim Nance, Tony Romo. Got two. Got to put them um, too, just because like ever since Tony Romo joined Jim Nance, like it just seems like Jim Nance has been having more fun than he did with who was it, Phil Sims? Phil, yeah, because uh, you know Phil Sims was so boring. That's that's the thing is like he didn't he didn't draw the emotion out of Jim Nance, and what Tony Romo was able to do is he's able to pull that emotion from just fans, and then of course, you know, he's able to pull it out of Jim Nance, and you see, you saw that from day one. Like, yeah, it just feels like Jim Nance is just having is so much more fun. Like, yeah. he's just having fun now. Where it's like when they when he was calling with Phil Sims, it was very like like he would try to like bring emotion, but he couldn't feel it because Phil Sims would bore you to death. 
I got a cow that I have to go out and take for some grass. And- By the way, his son is a fucking moron, too. I, I, I can't stand Chris Sims. He's a fucking idiot. He's everywhere, man. He's everywhere. I don't understand why we give this man a platform, but we do. And he's an idiot. He, he just There's- says dumb shit just to get people's reactions, and it gets annoying. Yeah, he's he's one of those hot take people that's just he's just oh god. Him and like um Coward, Colin Coward is just a noisy. Yeah, but Coward will make at least he makes like legitimate points. Chris Sims does it. Fair. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> and then I guess we're putting Joe Buck and Troy Aikman at third, but not like at a distant third, because I think they're pretty fun to listen to, also. They are. Nothing beats welcome to America's game of the week. Joe Buck and Joe Buck's gotten better. He used to like people used to always shit on him for oh being my like God. boring. <laughs> Joe when, Buck when on baseball? Jeopardy though. Joe Buck on Jeopardy no, though. He, I missed that. Yeah. that I, was I mean, fun. who the hell watches Jeopardy? To be honest, I mean, yeah, legendary show, but who yeah, are age Aaron Rodgers came on him when Joe Buck came. Great, on. cool. Um. um I will say when he when he calls baseball, normally it's like really, really boring. But I don't know if you guys watch the Field of Dreams. Oh, my God. He was he was he was he was pretty good that night. He was pretty good. I didn't watch it. We recorded the podcast that night and I totally forgot. Yeah. The Field of Dreams. So like I was upset when I woke up and I was like, damn it, I missed it. Um, (laughs) I I will say this. If you listen, if you listen, because like I one of my favorite Super Bowls to watch is Super Bowl 42. The one where the Giants beat the Patriots and stopped the the perfect season. Um, Joe Buck called that game. And obviously, you know, the biggest moment was when Eli threw it to Plaxico for the touchdown. He was so monotone. Like he didn't capture the gravity of that helmet catch. He didn't even, he was like, the helmet catch, he didn't really even react that much. He he was uh like, oh my God, that was amazing. Like he was like, I don't think even Tyree comes down with it. Tyree makes the catch. I'm like, it's just like a like it's a normal catch, like oh for six yards. But yeah, and the like, fact that like Eli had to like escape, he was like he escapes, and it was just so monotone. But you see, like <laughs> he per- he got better and better. Like when obviously when Brady made the better. comeback against you know the uh, the Falcons, like when they won, when James White got in the end zone, like he went he was, nuts. Yeah, he so, was. So like you you saw he he progressed better. So that's why like yeah, they're in third, but they're per- they're still great to listen to. Yeah. You really can't go wrong with any of them, but no, they're all solid teams. But Al Michaels is a legend. That's 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 why he gets. It's gonna suck when he's gone, but he's starting to lose his fastball. He's been he's you know he's been doing it since like the you know like the seventies. I'm thinking about it. This is the guy who 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 coined the who who made the Do you believe in miracles phrase? Yeah, miracle on ice. That's right. You know he he called that. You know legend. So let, let, let me ask you all one more thing. How do we feel about Akib Tlaib returning to Fox? I didn't even listen to that broadcast, but I heard it was entertaining, but like he was just different. Yeah, he's different. He was very different. He's different. I'll, I'll say that much. Yeah. Man, I, mean, I don't, I don't mind different. I don't mind. Different. I don't, I don't hate it. And you know what? It give it, it it draws in a different audience, and I I think that's that's the goal. Like you want, I think there should be alternate broadcasts all the time. I think there should yeah. be you you should be able to listen to different. Like you should there should be a version where like it's like us like say like us three just like watching the game and not really like calling it, just kind of reacting to it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
Like you should right. have that option. I feel like the NFL, that's what the NFL is starting to do because they realize eventually they're just going to have to move on to streaming because that's well, where we everything's could, moving. We so. can do that on Twitter spaces first Sunday of the year. We can. It's possible. Yeah. That, Tickets that were on the real. NFL. I guess it, I'm going to have to open up my Twitter account again. <laughs> so use the SHS graphics when it's fine. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a throwback. But, um, but I mean – Alternate broadcasts for the NFL. I would love to listen to a Spanish call of a football game. You can. That's already a possibility. Yeah, you really? can. Yep. Yeah. They have it for every game. I've never been able to find it, but I would love to. So bad. The, I mean, the, uh, there's a button on your remote. It's, it's called it's, the SAP S- button. <laughs> SAP. And if you hit that, you get the uh, Spanish broadcast. No, sometimes it's not a like, it, sometimes it's like it's on. Like the Spanish channel. It's on a separate channel, right? It's oh, on like Fox Deportes or something like that. I see. Right. I see. But I'm telling you, the Spanish broadcasts, amazing. They are very emotional, for sure. Yes. Again, great. that's why they make soccer so much fun to watch when you watch oh, yeah. it in Spanish. You may not understand what the hell they're saying for you guys. I do, because, you know, I speak Spanish. But, <laughs> you know, it, you just feel the passion. It's great. Like, reacting to their goal calls. Go! Yeah, if you're asking me to do it i'm not doing it that's that's racist <laughs> no i no i mean i mean they, they keep Apologies. screaming gold for like 10 minutes and it's like you need a breath of air bud no we're we're, we're, we're trained to do that <laughs> from birth <laughs> you should see it at a soccer game it is fantastic when you go to one and somebody scores and you just the whole crowd goes goal. <laughs> it's great we need to go to a dc united game we should go Let's to a new do one. That is about all the time we have, ladies and gentlemen. That wraps up our division previews once again. The three man booth, Dan Dembski and Carlos Martinez. Thanks once again, boys. It was a lot of fun. We'll see you for the start of the season. Looking forward to it. Yeah, we got to recap week one. The start of the season is coming up. In just a little while, folks. I'm excited. Up, Carlos man. is excited. Dan is excited. It's finally back. Ladies and gentlemen, the start of the NFL football season is right around the corner. And the three-man booth right here on the Kirby on Sports Podcast will have you covered all the way to Super Bowl Sunday. It's going to be fun, guys. I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. I can't wait. <laughs> It's it's a thrill, man. It's it's a thrill. Football's back. That's all I got. It's surreal, man. I cannot wait for our sponsors. Regroup Building Services, PM Plus Reserves, Shenandoah Primitives and Dr. Dave Leadership Corporation. This has been a Kirby on Sports Podcast production. Make sure to subscribe to us on all podcast platforms. Check out our website and subscribe www.kirbyonsports.com. And as always, until the next time you hear our voices, always remember to create greatness. So long and peace out.